And if it finishes up too early, we could just put in uh, Slumber Party Massacre 3 or Sorority Massacre 1 or Slumber Party Massacre 2, not to be confused with Slumber Party Massacre 3. There was a period when I was younger, whenever the New Horizons logo would come on screen, where I would immediately get a boner. Oh, and why? Why right. is that? Because you knew in this movie, you knew not only what was coming, but yeah. who would be. Yes. Hello. Hell yeah. Yeah. So yeah, Hogan was asking you about this sweet fucking Elvira Coors Light and HBO sign you have. So do you think oh, they yeah. were sending people ten dollars? Is that what the promo I'm not says? really sure what the promo is, but That's yeah, fun. that'd be cool. Like, drink our beer, we'll give you 10 bucks. <laughs> yeah. Have a good Halloween. Right. I don't need to tell the whole story. Yeah. It's a good story. <laughs> okay. So, you we want me a, to tell the story? We have a, <laughs> we have a friend uh, named Allison. Uh, you can find her Instagram, the discerning hoarder. Yeah. Um, and years ago, she mentioned something to me about how she had this Elvira standing, and I was like, I totally buy that. And uh, there's just back and forth for a few years, like, I can't, as soon as I find it, it's yours. It's somewhere in my storage unit, blah, blah, blah. Um, and yeah, recently she hit me up that she'd found it and it was in the backseat of her car and asked if I still want it. And I was like, hell yeah, fuck yeah. And now we got Elvira here in the fright zone with us. It's very fitting. And uh, it's cool. Hell yeah. Uh, fuck yeah. Because it's hell made yeah, out of cardboard yeah. too. And as anyone that collects stuff knows, like that shit can get wrecked pretty easily if it's just stored in the wrong climate like it this is in pretty good shape it doesn't even have to get wet it could just be like too humid mm. for a while and then it gets super cold then mm. you know you know what i'm saying but yeah it looks like it's in really nice kin dish welcome to the fried zone i'm greg i'm nate i'm hogan this episode we're talking about 1990 sorority house massacre 2 nighty nightmare nighty nightmare ah! coming for you it's the story of five college girls who buy a spooky old house at a great price with the hopes of turning it into their new sorority house. Why was it so cheap? Because it was the site of a series of grisly murders five years earlier. Oh, it wasn't like the nerds moved out and yeah. then they just kind of came in and clean, try, had to clean it up all over again. <laughs> it definitely had those vibes when they show up. It's kind of like Revenge of the Nerds house when they're like, we're going to turn this into our fraternity house. I just watched Revenge of the Nerds a couple nights ago. Awesome. How was Booger doing? It was uh, it was great. I watched it with Stella. She's fifteen. She's like, "This is kind of problematic in some areas." And I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah you want to do it on the moon at a certain time?" <laughs> it's also just a movie. You whoa, know what I mean? Whoa, whoa. Like, it's hard to like what the, I, I don't know. It was a documentary. Hold on, Hold Hold on. you're telling yeah. you're trying to tell me right here, right now, <laughs> in front of Hogan, God, and Artie, who knows what else? Yes, that Mate. Revenge of the Nerds is not a documentary. It's not a documentary film. What the fuck. About Lambda, about Lambda, Lambda. Adam's College. Adam's this is college. why I have to stick to horror movies, because I'm just... Other genres are always tricking me. Yeah. You know? Wow. It's been a long time, dudes. Um, Like almost two months, if not two months. I gotta get my snacks out of my pocket. What kind of snacks you got over there, Hoganomics? Uh, I brought a child-sized thing of uh, rainbow cheddar baked goldfish. Mmm. And... They taste better when they're rainbow colored. Some gushers. Oh. Dude, you're going to get all gushed up. <laughs> Hell yeah, bro. Uh, Yeah, I mean, the the previews on the VHS copy are also boner-inducing. Yeah. I was going to say, one, I was going to say Happy New Year's to you both. Happy I know that, that's expired, but we haven't seen each other this year, so gosh darn it, I'm doing it. Mm -hmm. But Hogan, yeah. I know we haven't done stuff because I know there's an injury. Like, what's going on? How you feeling? Tell us about it, dude. What's up? I mean, I have the back of an 80-year-old man. Is that what they told you? 
basically. I have three herniated discs, and I need to have surgery, but I don't want to have surgery. Once you have surgery, what, like, you have to like not work for is a while. It, is it because you're scared of having surgery, or because the chances that'll actually help aren't good? Like, what's the deal? A, they scared don't. of having surgery. B, it's like I could have the surgery, but there's uh-huh. no guarantee that I wouldn't re-injure it again. Oh, so I'm just avoiding it as long as I can. Are they saying how you injured it, or is it just an age thing? It's just, I mean, I did construction, years of fucking carrying gear up and down stairs. Yeah, I mean, it's a plethora yeah. of things. It's not one thing over another. I didn't know if there was one moment where I was like, oh, shit, what the fuck was that? And then... Well, the I, the moment I was aware of is the first time you really fucked up is when you tried to buy that giant robot suit from a dude on Craigslist and you tried to move it by yourself or something, right? Yeah, that's when I initially heard it. Do you want to tell your listeners about this robot suit? Because it's kind of a giant fucking... Well, I didn't buy it. It was free. <laughs> one of my friends hit me up and was like, hey... There's a guy robot suit alert. That's getting rid of this giant robot suit. <laughs> you like robots, and it was like a passion project, like something from, uh, like know. he built the thing. Yeah, it was it this wasn't. guy's Robbie the robot. Like it was fucking huge. I mean, <laughs> it had like a transparency, like transparent, like shield, like one way, mm-hmm. so you could see out from the inside, you know. And then it sat on football shoulder pads. I mean, this thing probably weighed a hundred pounds just the top of it which i'm guessing you Damn. didn't think it was that heavy and that's why you tried to move it by yourself it wasn't really that heavy like i could have lifted something like that by myself yeah. it was just kind of awkward it was the wrong. so i had somebody helping me get it down off of this truck and uh-huh. i just kind of like twisted wrong and my fucking legs just went out from underneath oh my me God. and i didn't work for six months Riddle. went from wheelchair to crutches to a cane and you kind of overcame cool. that but then you just had a Something just went south. Uh, yeah, because like this the was day back. Af- the so day after so this Christmas. was back in December. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, that the, initially that happened like three years ago. But yeah, the day after Christmas. Yeah, it was a re-injury. Buddy, this my one. buddy Pat came over to drop off a gift, and we were like standing in the basement talking, and he and he said like, "Oh, what's that?" And I went, "Oh, that." Yeah, and you that's pointed literally at something. All I did, I pointed at something, and, and I just felt it like lightning ran up my spine. Oh, like, Jesus! Which is like. Ah! And like my fucking legs went out from underneath me again, and yeah, luckily this time Pat Babam was there. This time it was like, you know, a week and a half, two weeks. I was able to like finally start moving again. It, but, but you started doing great. I mean, I know you took time off work and you're doing less cuts and stuff. So like, yeah, how you feeling right now? Is it starting to be better? Or I mean, if we're talking about where I was like six months ago to now, I feel like seventy five percent. I can tell. Yeah. You know, I can tell I'm like favoring one side over another, but I'm doing my stretches. Hell yeah. Doing some yoga. A lot of people forget to stretch. I yep. do sometimes for weeks on end, <laughs> but then it's like, oh shit. Then I get back on the routine of it. Yeah. I jammed my wrist the other day. I had to buy one of those like wrist guards at Walgreens and I mostly wear it just when That's I'm. That's a pretty metal wrist guard. Yeah, it is. Right. Yep. I think this actually <laughs> serves a similar purpose. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's just I, so when screen printing, I usually pull the squeegee, and like every video I see of anyone else ever is always pushing it. So I was like, I'll try the pushing thing, and that this is literally in the development in the last two years after twenty years of screen printing that I'm like trying to change how I do it. If it ain't broke, don't fix and, it. And like it does make it easier in some ways, but it's just a totally different set of muscles than pulling, and. If you kind of do it nimbly bimbly and just sort of go for it and your wrist isn't locked, it's really easy to jam it. 
And I did that the other day where it was like everything was hurting and I was worried it was going to fuck up my ability to do my job. But then I got the wrist guard. And I've been wearing it when I'm not working just for like little chunks of time, just like hour it here, hour more. there. And it's almost like just that rest of it having to stay straight. And then also a thing I do is I fold it when I sleep and I put it under me like this oh, yeah. and I had to stop doing that. So I just dangle it off the edge of the bed face plant and it seems to fucking help. Oh, nimbly bimbly. But then it makes it feel weird because it's all full of blood. When I wake <laughs> up, it'll like be a, kind of like oddly asleep when I wake up. Yeah. And then, you know, it's affecting my morning wood because all my blood's in my hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a bummer. Getting into this movie, so our listeners know, I've lost all my notes, but uh, luckily this movie's low on plot and high in boob count. I will say for the history of the Fright Zone, we have not done a single film with as many boobs as this. Probably not all of them combined wouldn't be as many as there are in this. Yes. Right? I, I would say that's true. What would you say, Hogan? Hogan, I know that you have a deep love for this movie. I think this is probably the highest boob count to date. <laughs> so uh, if, if I don't lose notes for an episode, this is the one. But uh, we'll still have a great time, and I think the other guys have some good notes. And Hogan's been in love with this movie since he was a young lad. And I could read the back of the box oh, if yeah. you guys are interested Do in it. that. Yeah, go for um, it. So I will start with the description, and then there is a Joe Bob quote on the back. Oh, yeah. So we've got, meet the girls of Sigma Pi. Some will live and some will die. Playboy playmate Melissa Moore, who we have an interview from. Joe that, the box that we have an interview with her. We did interview her for this episode. It'll Joe be- Bob's breast actress, Robin Harris, and nubile newcomer, Stacia Zavago. Zavago. Are three sexy co-eds spending their first night... What about the other ones? Spending their first night at their new sorority house. (laughs) Unfortunately, like their boyfriends, the old mansion has a past. (laughs) What? These girls party till they panic. (laughs) A killer has crashed the bash, and he's really hooked on them. (laughs) You'll see why that's funny soon. (laughs) Now, they must struggle to stay alive with only their brains and their bustiers to support them. (laughs) Bustiers? Bustiers. Bustiers Bustier? to support them. Let's put a word on a box that's going to go to video rental stores all across America that people can't fucking pronounce they're and trying, might not know what it means if they can't. They're trying to class up that this is yeah. a mega boner dream. <laughs> the good news is that the pictures on the back of the box are from the film. Uh, so, yeah, um, Joe Bob, here we go. There may have been better horror films made but not with this many women in their underwear. Four stars. Joe Bob says, check it out. <laughs> I have a Joe Bob quote on mine oh, as wow, well. Oh, wow, he's all over oh, this. That's the DVD it just edition. says, will surely become the standard for all horror flicks. Four stars. <laughs> surely. <laughs> They're like, this is how we're doing it now. I mean, I'm glad that you have four stars and I have four stars. Like, he didn't, he didn't get his wires crossed and give it two different ratings, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Right, it's like it's still the same rating. Yeah, there is a tagline other than "Nighty Nightmare" because I think "Nighty Nightmare" is just part of the title. Yeah, I feel like um, that's like Freddy's Revenge. And then they're just like, that "Here's was one of the working titles, actually." Oh, dude, there's the quote. That Freddy's you have. Revenge. The four stars will surely become the standard. Oh, yeah, yeah yep. I didn't see that, but it's cleavage versus cleavers, and the result is Delta Delta Deadly. Deadly. Yeah, and then same sorority. 
New Massacre. Yes! <laughs> Let's just confuse the fuck out of people right out of the gate. <laughs> yes. Um, There's like so much happening right there. Yeah, it's a lot. There's more happening on the box than there is in the movie. Yeah. And sometimes. Well, that's kind of par for uh, Jim Wynorski movies. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. he has some gems, but, but he just has some. a lot of movies that are, you yeah. know, I would say worse than this one. Too. He's still like, for some reason, I mean, not for some reason, we'll just say this right out of the gate. Because of Chopping Mall, everybody yes. knows who he is. Because that movie is so amazing. Well, he yeah, he has a. So I, if I was on, I made a list of the few that I think are kind of notable. Um, Legendary Chopping Mall, Return of Swamp Thing. I, I really like. That's that a movie. good movie. It's a party. Uh, not his remake of Not of This Earth is pretty good. Um, Lost Empire is cool. Uh, Relevant to the Fright Zone, but not necessarily a great movie. Nine Seven Six Evil Part Two. He did that. Oh yeah. Um, Dinosaur Island. That's a fun one. Ghoulies like Four. Munchie? Oh, that's did the he, Go- he did Munchie Strikes Back. Okay, <laughs> Ghoulies Four is the one where they're actually like little people in costumes instead of <laughs> puppets. Have you seen this? <laughs> and then there's just that weird like dominatrix element to it too, where like the female lead that. has the female lead has like a whip and leather. Three's on. when they go to college, right? Yeah, it's Ghoulies goes to college. That's the one with uh, Kevin McCarthy as the dean. Three and four the are the ones. Like- <laughs> I've seen three and four a whole lot. I haven't seen those since like rental days. Yeah. I'm all about two if I'm going to watch a Ghoulies movie. That's the Funhouse one's great. Uh, My tunes. Dude, your tunes. (laughs) You'd have to go back and get his boombox, dude. Yeah. Uh, This was written by J.B. Rogers, who only has one other Ryan credit, Hard to Die, which is kind of almost a sequel to this. Hard to Die is actually pretty fucking awesome. It's It's kind of a sequel to to this. Yeah. I actually spent not a like a totally insane amount on that, but. After looking for it for seven years, I did spring a little bit of cash for it. Because I couldn't, it's not on YouTube, it's not streaming anywhere. I believe it's on YouTube now. Oh, well, it wasn't when I found the tape. And the tagline on Hard to Die is something like Die Hard. It basically (laughs) makes it, it's like a Die Hard with women. But it's not at that at all. It's still good in a, like, New Horizons good kind of way. Which is what this is on. Which is Roger Corman's. VHS label. That's so if you're familiar with this, his work. Yeah, that's part of why this movie's so bizarre is because uh, it's a cheap Roger Corman production. And uh, based on the title of this movie, you'd think it was a sequel to Sorority House Massacre, which it is. In name only. Yes. There is uh, a seance element that's in both. That is true. But it's uh, it plays like it's a sequel to Slumber Party Massacre, which at this time already had a sequel. Um, and it, you, it, it presents itself that way for the fact that it does... In flashbacks, show scenes from Slumber Party Massacre, not Sorority House Massacre, which makes it just kind of confusing and strange. And the names are different, or is it when they're doing the backstory, they're like Hotstetter or whatever. Is that yeah. a totally different name? I don't think that's his name. I in don't Slumber think it Party. is. It's just been a minute. It's, it's where I don't remember that kind of detail. Oh, Hoganomics is on it. Yeah, just type it in. Be like Hoganomics, looking up stuff on the internet. He killed his whole family to make that jingle. Hoganomics, looking up something on the internet. Baby, to answer your question, no, it is not. It's not. Yeah, so they just use the footage. They're like, hey, we'll get some good effects out of this, um, and we'll just utilize this to eat up like a good ten minutes of scenery. Thanks for looking that up on the internet, Hogan. And thank you to the internet. Yeah. For the knowledge. Who bought this house? 
Why do they own this huge house? Uh, tonight on Fright Zone, our guest Jerry Seinfeld. They have the key, so it must be theirs. <coughs> what is the deal? Uh, so since I have Fake no notes, do any, uh, do want any shout outs to any of these women here, Hogan or Nate? Any notes on these these the college girls here? I, I, didn't, to the house? I didn't go down that rabbit hole at all, actually. The only one we really need to talk about is probably the one who's our guest this episode, Melissa. Tell us about Melissa. Who is the only one that I recognize offhand? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if I saw her in public, I'd be like, oh, I know her from something. She was a scream queen for a bit. I mean, at least she's a beaming queen. She was in plenty of little flicks back then. Mm-hmm. Like what, Hogan? Oh, she was in, speaking of what we were just talking about, Hard to Kill or Hard to Die. Sorry. She was hard in to Hard kill. to Kill. I'd fucking freak out, bro. <laughs> yeah. That's my jam. She was in, uh, what, Invisible Maniacs? Yep. Good she movie. In... She's the one that he stomps on to death. She was in brutal. <laughs> repossessed. Re, 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 repossessed. Um, <laughs> Soon coming out on vinyl. Uh, probably not true. Um, <laughs> man, I'm blanking. What the fuck else was she in? Oh, Playboy yeah, magazine. Samurai Cop. Angel Fist, which is another new Horizons. Yes, that movie's good. I almost brought like all the ones I could find out of my stuff because I have all those. Vampire Cop. Got oh. that. Alien Within. Got that. Um, and Alien Within, that's a PM? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the biggest role that she had was in, as far as like major success, she was in Consenting Adults with Kevin Klein. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. She plays the hooker who gets murdered. I'm looking for one right now called Moving Violations. Have you guys seen this? Um, it's It's a driving school comedy. So no. it's, yeah, I know, right? It's like, and I watch it, it's like, this is exactly the shit that I like. <laughs> it's kind of like police academy, airplane. Like, That's not how you drive a car? Yeah, just outrageous <laughs> comedy. Like, Driver Zed was never like this. Don't buy the $10 copy on eBay. That's Jennifer fucking mine, Tilly. dude. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Jennifer Tilly's in it. Mm-hmm. And Jen- it Jen- has Tilly. the, where's the beef, lady? Yeah, it does. Yeah. <laughs> Grandma <laughs> Wendy's? <laughs> she yeah. wasn't doing anything. Fred Willard? Yeah, there's a great Fred Willard scene where there's a misunderstanding of like what they're talking. I watched all I could find on YouTube. There's not a full version on YouTube. It's not streaming anywhere. Don Cheadle? Yeah, it's nowhere. And there's a fucking, there's not even a trailer that's that great. The trailer looks like someone filmed it off of an old tape. And I found this one scene where it's Fred Willard talking to a lady and they're confused. He's like a lawyer and she's trying to talk to him about some sort of like personal hygiene thing. And he, the way he's talking to her, it's like, it's just like an airplane. It's like, there's one guy saying one thing. Yeah. Thinking it's one, one way. What? And she's understanding it totally differently. Like, you got to get in there and root it out. And shit. David Hyde Pierce, who plays Fraser's brother, Niles. Oh, nice. I was just, it was one of those where when I stumbled upon it, looking at stuff, I'm like, how do, have I never met anyone that's heard of this? I've never seen it. It's a CBS Fox title. It's not like. And Some what was the un- title again? Moving Violations. Moving Violations. Mm-hmm. I better see if that se- seller accepted my $8 offer. <laughs> I tried, <laughs> tried to lowball him two bucks. Because, hey, you know, that's, why that's not? I, I, a lot of times, paying the price, I'm a, I'm like a $5 starter for lowballing. Ooh, notifications. They accepted my offer. Oh, you guys oh, are going to, oh, you guys perfect. should come over and watch this sometime. Yes, yes, yes. <clears throat> I sold that uh, Cannibal Campout tape. You did for. Do you want to say how much or not? Two seventy-five. Oh, that's that's some change. 
Hogan's it's hard not to sell stuff. Thinking when it about sells getting rid of some of his video collection. If that ends up happening, he's selling stuff. We'll have to let our fright zone friends <clears> know. Or just things like that where it's like, I just dumped it. Yeah, I was like, that's fine, and I just put it on a SD card. I got my copy of that really strange. So when they were doing a tour for Adjust Your Tracking, the documentary, Christian Day set up an event at Confluence Brewing Company where they screened the documentary and those and VHS Shit Fest Mm -hmm. and the other people that put that together set up tables of tapes. And I went there after a record collecting show, so I only had like a little bit of money left. But I happened to have acquired a Munsters record that one of the dudes really wanted. And so I used that as trade towards it. And I also, but I think I paid like $25 for it. Nice. And at the time I was like, oh man, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> oh, it looks pretty cool. 25 is probably good. And it's like, it's, you could, I mean, you could sell that at a horror convention for 200 bucks any day, up to three probably, as can be seen. Man, I had a really bummer moment on eBay purchase from two weeks ago. I was buying Getting Lucky, which is a not to go totally off the track here, but <laughs> I want to know what you guys think about this situation because I've never had this happen to me. So seller accepts my offer. They're asking $65. It's huh? Getting Lucky on Radon Home Video Cut huh? Box. Is on eBay? Yes. And I offer him 35 And he accepts. Accepts it. I pay. Then he's like, Then uh... it says that it's shipped. Uh-huh. Five days later, it still says U- USPS is waiting for the item. Yeah. I message back and say, hey, has this actually shipped yet, or is it just that you haven't dropped it off at the post office? Oh, damn. I, I dropped it off. It's kind of weird. I don't know why they didn't scan it. I'll just refund your money right now. And he refunds my money. I'm like, wait, I don't want a refund. I want the tape because like, I know it's a steal. Now one popped up for like 500 bucks on eBay yesterday. Right. Anyway, I'm like, so I message him a few days later. I'm like, so did that show up back there? It didn't show up here. Uh-huh. So it has to have gone either to, back to you or uh-huh. to me. I, I, I want the tape. Uh-huh. Nothing. I bet somebody, I bet, like I bet he, he sold it up. to me. And then he realized he had a different offer that was probably like $5 less yeah. instead of half yeah. price. Yeah. And he's like, I'll just fuck with this guy yeah. and sell it to that guy for 55 Yeah. So he's like all that effort for like twenty bucks. Yeah, I got boned by a dude once. I bought a a secondary my like that Super Seven Jaws like Bruce the Shark. I love it. I got a second one for pretty good price from some. They they put it up with the buy it now. I paid the buy it now price, got it, and they end up messaging me legitimately messaging me and going, "Hey, uh, I didn't mean to list it for that price. It's worth more than that. Are you gonna be super upset if I cancel the order and send you your money back?" And I said. Well, yeah, because I wanted to buy it, and yeah. I bought it, and it was that price. Yeah. Like, I paid the price that you listed at. So, that yeah, to, I will be upset. That yeah. happens and to Jay sometimes. You can either where... fucking send it to me, or I can report you to eBay and yeah. then let them fucking handle it. No, that's it. what I said. And he, and he goes, he's like, well, I don't know what to say. Didn't you think it was weird it was that low? And I said, no, because I looked up the item, and it was that price, and I bought it. Yeah. And they didn't respond. They refund my money and uh, canceled it. And uh, the reason they listed was like, uh, item is damaged, which is of course not true. And you so, have, did right. you screenshot your messages? As oh, this I is straight report to eBay because they yeah. can read people's messages. There, I was like, blah, and they're like, yeah, the seller shouldn't have done that. That's against policy. It's like we're gonna. F- I was like, so what's gonna be done? They're like, well, we can't make him send it to you. 
but we're going to flag their account. So now, like, this is a mark against them. So they just make their appeal like they'll get banned from eBay. And I was like, cool. Yeah. And I watch that dude's account every day since then, waiting for them to list it again. Yeah. Because then he... I can report eBay and be like, hey, months back, he told me that I was damaged, but I couldn't sell it to me. And yeah. It's listed again. So I'm waiting. It's like, I'm going to get so that he, guy. So I will fucking get him. Yeah. Fuck that guy. Because yeah. like, it's one thing like, well, if you don't want to sell for that price, it means you're going to list it to try to sell for that price someday. Yeah. So I'm just waiting. Yeah. that. So I've heard you a few times mine. that happening to Jay where like there's a new person or just someone hits the wrong button. Yeah. And lists it as a buy it now instead of a bidding. So I it's mean, like it's it supposed sucks, to be like the bidding starts at a hundred. Yeah. And I'm, someone will do buy it now and it's like it's bought in five seconds. And yeah. Jay's like, wait, why'd that happen? Oh fuck, this isn't the right price. Yeah. And uh that's gotta suck. But yeah, it does happen. Time you have to kind of eat it then. Like, yeah. like I mean, you're like you probably you I mean, it's not as much as you could get for it, but it's probably still more money than he paid but for. But if you're that cool employee, about that like, transaction, that person's probably gonna follow your account because they got exactly. a good deal and maybe they'll just buy something at regular price. Exactly. Later. It's just part of the game. Yeah. So uh in this movie it's been playing right now, just so people know. So these uh five sorority uh we are talking about eBay. What the fuck is going on <laughs> what's now? The, what's <laughs> these five gals are in this house, uh they're trying to clean it up. They found out that these murders happen here. Uh the creepy neighbor came by, right, Hogan? Or the Orville Ketchum. Tell Orville. us about Orville Ketchum. I don't fucking know anything about Orville Ketchum. What? You've told me stuff about Orville Ketchum a million times off the cuff. Come he's on. A, he's a uh, you know extraordinaire. <laughs> I want the listener to know Hogan's playing down his love for this movie. He was gushing about this. Okay, Orville Ketchum's real name is Peter Spellos. And the one thing I always found really strange... Okay, so Peter... Fuck. I'm <laughs> trying to even think about how to get into this now that we're so far in. Um, let's go. You can pause it quick if you want. Yeah, let's maybe do that. Let's go. Okay, so... Uh, the, the movie's so low on plot, we can keep it going. The, the movie starts... <laughs> The movie starts, and we, we open up with uh, a young woman who's absolutely terrified and shivering in the corner in a in a blouse and oh yeah white <laughs> panties that are covered in blood. Oh, the blouse too. Oh, jeez. Um, but, but she has a knife. Oh no. Um, <laughs> anyway, house cop one, and I think she's saying something to the effect of like, "Please remember, remember." Uh, so then we cut to. Uh, what we can only assume is probably the, the previous morning and all five girls are getting out of the truck and they're moving into their brand new house, their new home their, uh That looks like a shithole. I think Nate described it appropriately by saying it looks like uh, the house from Revenge of the Nerds. Yes. Yes. So they're in this house. They're, they're getting cleaned up. And then it's the like neighbor dirty. There's like spray paint spots to yeah. simulate filth. But she says that they're getting money. From their local chapter, the financing from university and a loan from their inter- or from their national chapter also Hell to yeah. fix up this house. And it's going to need some fucking money because it's a shithole. Yeah, and murders happen there. And they find out because their neighbor, Orville Ketchum, comes over and mm-hmm. who looks a lot like he could have been the guy who maybe did the murders, right? He's very sweaty. Very spooky. Very pockmarked. Just breathing. He's a mouth breather. Yeah, he's not doing himself any favors to like not make you think he's the bad guy. Right. And so his introduction basically, basically is, he, you know, him uh, telling the story of all these murders that happened there after he just sort of creepily appears. Yeah. Oh, hi there, girls. <laughs> Which is like, <laughs> yeah. I think they say actually. Hold on. No, oh, no, that's later. Um, but yeah. Anyway, so that's how he introduces himself, and then he's like, "Well, if you're gonna be staying here, you're gonna be needing this." And he reaches like deep into his oh. fucking pants, like, he's like down, he's, dun, 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 down by his sack. He's a heavy fella too, and pulls out like a fucking skeleton key that is apparently <laughs> for the basement. You don't want to yeah. go down the basement. Well, don't go in the basement. 
All these girls are like absolutely terrified. He was gonna pull out just a hairy hammer, you know. <laughs> and they're also realizing around this time that like there's no power, there's no phone that works. Mm-hmm. Which is la- later they're like picking up the phone, like it's not working. It's like well, it wasn't working before. So I don't know why. It does <laughs> ring at one point. Though. Yeah, yeah. Somehow they <laughs> receive a call. I was just amazed that not only were they gonna get the mover, but they were gonna get the electrician and the phone company. All there by six o'clock the next morning. Yeah. That's fucking unheard of. That early, all at the same yeah. And now they're gonna play with the Ouija board to try to talk to the spirit of the driller killer who did the murders, right? Is that what's going on? Yes. Yeah. And they show us a bunch of scenes of the driller killer from Slumber Party Massacre. Which yeah. is of course a total classic kick ass movie. Absolutely watch that. That's, watch that. That's if a you five haven't Friday. seen that, watch that first. Hundred percent of Five Friday, I would say, if we yeah. did that, right? Yeah. I mean, I can't the I soundtrack's great. The story's great. And the whole soundtrack yeah. is like one Casio or whatever. It's incredible. So, uh, yeah. So we're at this thing. I, hey, I just thought we should uh, throw a peel what's going on here before we start talking about more eBay shenanigans. And there's also, like, before he leaves, before or- Orville leaves with the lightning and the music that's playing, it's got this kind of, like, fulci, like, Italian horror movie vibe. It's just shot more cheaply. So you don't fully get that. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, You're telling right. me a Jim Wynorski movie might look cheap? Cheaper. Oh, whoa. <laughs> hey. Cheapish. He's Hans Cheapman. He oh, yeah. And then with the key. So later, when they're eating and they're sitting at the table, she holds the key up to the rest of the girls and goes, hey, guys, this this thing's still warm. <laughs> and they're all like, ew. But ew. then she puts it down and just starts like eating and Catch stuff. Catch them's bulky. She doesn't go wash her. I would have put in a scene where she's like frantically washing her hands. Yeah. Or when she takes the key, maybe like going and getting a fork or something to take it from him, like just to barehanded nab it from the crotch. This is maybe one of my favorite parts, though. It's like after that, they cut away to him sitting in his own home, and he's like just watching TV, eating a bowl of meat, of chunks of raw meat. Yeah, it, it's like it also reminded me of Creepshow Two, the Fatso guy in the in the uh, wooden Indian one. Yeah. I don't know if the, I think that's what it's called. That's no. a that's George Wilbur in that scene. Oh yeah, who's in? Uh, but yeah, the raw meat. I forgot about that. He's in a bowl, I'm watching TV. The rotoscope is going to get me paid and laid. He's watching some sort of like black and white slasher flick that shows a newspaper saying that like a slasher has struck, and then he walks over to the the drawer and pulls out all these news articles about the last killing that had happened at this location. Yeah, like different different headlines from different newspapers, and the last paper that he pulls out says is the Elvis Lives paper. Yeah. And he looks yeah. at it like as if maybe Elvis is the killer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's putting it together. Hogan, oh, man. Uh, I know this movie, you've mentioned you saw a young age and you were just obsessed with it. Do you want to tell any stories about this movie and your love for it? I don't even know like how I came into possession of this tape, but I've had it since I was, I mean probably 11 or 12 years old. So fair to say it was probably some of the first like breasts I'd ever seen. Hogan had a sexual awakening to this film, I think. So it was just something (laughs) you maybe found at like a half price books or garage sale or something. Definitely like a garage sale. He's like, oh, this looks like a horror movie. Then I'm like, oh, this is Um, a Yeah, but aside from that, again, again, out of the 85 minute runtime or whatever it is, there's only like, that's only seven minutes of it. It's (laughs) low on plot and just lots of like, they're walking up the stairs. Look at their butts. They get them in those 90s pretty quick. Yeah. I mean, I'm not talking trash. I'm saying let's, you Uh, know, uh I'm not saying, (laughs) let's not say this movie's anything it isn't. But I mean, I know you saw Young Age, so like it stuck in your mind and you're obviously a big fan of Moore. That's like, 
how she came to be on this episode of the podcast, which you'll all hear that later on. Uh, you have a poster of this. You got a poster of this movie that had like no theatrical exhibition, right? <laughs> like, I mean, like you like this movie a lot, and that's so that's cool. I just thought you might have more insider yeah, stories it's fun, for us because I think if even if you take again the seven minutes of gratuitous nudity out of it, it's still you know really entertaining. There's a lot of like jokes in it that I think are pretty funny. Yeah, some of them actually land and stuff too. Yeah, it is. Oh, it, this movie is super fun. It's weird to me that this isn't wild, like widely available on disc at all. It had that DVD release, and there's a two for DVD version. That transfer looks like dog shit. Yeah, it this looks one, like a bootleg. And off this one, of when DVD I initially transfer. bought it, this was like a fifty dollar DVD. Yeah, and it's I think it costs about that or more now. Mm-hmm. It's it seems like norsky has to have rights to this shit or whatever, right? Like, I mean, like, seems like this should be an easy get to put a, a nice transfer out. You would think. Maybe Corman's waiting for the right price. Corm- Corman knows there's a big demand for Sorority yeah. House Massacre and he's going to make it worth he's it. He's waiting to fucking balance those books out. The anniversary <laughs> edition, uncut. Um, at some point, they do get <clears throat> they do get the balls to uh, use that key to the basement, though. And, and it's a gigantic fucking basement. It's full of, like, antiques. Crapola. It's pretty large, and I started... the basement's like it must be like the entire length of the property. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, it's, like it's easily. It kind of got me thinking, um, and so I, I watched this, and then I skipped ahead to where they go to the attic, and then I put it in a couple of other movies um, that have attics and basements in it, and I made a list of the top ten things that you need for proper creepy basement set dressing. Oh, cool. Let's go. Um, Wait, should I get some music for this? <laughs> you need oh. multiple overturned baskets. Sure. Uh, an old bicycle tire. At least one. A box fan. Uh, it has to be like a rusted out box fan. Yeah. It has to look like, I don't know if that would work. One anymore. you right. should throw away, but uh, you won't. Razor sharp blades. A <laughs> dirty ladder. Oh, yeah. Rickety uh, ladder. Several cardboard boxes. Um, yeah. Paint cans. Uh, a chest of some kind, preferably like an old toy chest. And it should have like a rusty chain on it. Yeah. Uh, a space heater, um, a mannequin or like a, a draping mannequin for like, you know. Doing... Oh, yeah. For like sewing. Yeah. Could um, you sub that out for like a like a old spooky Halloween decoration or something sure, too? Sure. Okay. okay. Um, and almost all of them <clears throat> I found have a hula hoop. Oh, what? All I yeah. want's a hula hoop. So <laughs> if you're looking to do some set dressing for your upcoming horror movie, you can Put all of those things in. Cost you 20 bucks. Go hit the hula hoop aisle at Walmart. Yeah. Hey, thanks for those tips, uh, Hogan. I think you're going to help a lot of aspiring uh, filmmakers uh, this episode. Thank you a lot. But what excites these girls is not the hula hoop. It is a creepy doll and a Ouija board Mm -hmm. that they find in close proximity to each other. Which is always a good sign when the creepy doll also has blood stains all over it. (laughs) Dude, there's just... It's so funny watching this movie because there's literally blood all over the yeah. house. It's everywhere. And they're so quick to be down. Like the one girl's like, we should play with this Ouija board. And they're all like, yeah. no, no, no. And Melissa Moore, I believe, is the one that says, what else are we going to do? It, <laughs> it, the power's out. Like, what, you know, idiots? Like, let's do that. Yeah. And taking a cold shower. Fuck that. <laughs> are we, so we're, t- there's like, some great sound effects. We're getting in this close too. to this because we're, uh, well, I don't know. So we're not at the first shower scene yet. The, the shower no, happened right we, now. We are at. Oh yeah, if they're washing those. If boobs. we're talking about the movie and where we're at and talking about it, we're at where the cops get okay, introduced. Okay, so we haven't. And yeah, we haven't. Uh, we haven't gotten to the second. Oh yeah, story we got a hard, hard-boiled detective uh, film noir subplot. That's, I mean, kind yeah. of you know. 
it it takes some time out. So we're gonna take a, we're gonna take a hard right here. Okay, <laughs> and tell we're us about meet it. Two new characters uh, <laughs> whose names I didn't write down. Detective one, detective Det- two, yeah. whatever. Detective the detective. Two. We uh, know dude. that one detective. It's low is, on plot. Uh, it's okay. Is a tough guy. He doesn't he doesn't play by the rules. You hey, know? I don't play by the rules. This movie has that type of writing too, where you know he doesn't play by the rules because he yeah. says like, well, hey, and, I don't play by the rules. And because he also has a match in his mouth. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, dude. Look, even on IMDb. House cop one, house cop two. Perfect. <laughs> house like sorority house cop yep. one and two. Oh, yeah. Like, um, they didn't even give him names. So, yeah, you know he doesn't play by the rules because he has a stick match in his mouth. He's <laughs> presumably trying to quit smoking. I don't know. Uh, um, but Damn things will kill me. But he uh, still wants to stand close to the fire. And they're standing in the rain, right? And I think that they're he's explaining to cop two. About, it was a younger female cop. Right. About... Uh, why he has a bad feeling about tonight or something to that effect. Um, some old case he had worked on about Hockstetter in this house. And guts cooking in the oven. Yeah, and <laughs> fingers on the stove yeah. and scalps on the mantle. <laughs> Stuff that never happened in S- the movie. Party Massacre 1. Or, yeah. Yeah. or Sword House Massacre Either. 1. Whichever movie this is a sequel to. Like, yeah. where's this footage? So he relays <laughs> the story to her. Footage, right? And this is like the third time we've heard the fucking story yeah. be repeated. In case you didn't realize the possibility of what could have happened at sixty nine thirty four Langoon, that's yeah. the na- that's the address. And he says something like, "I always thought the neighbor was involved. He was about three hundred pounds of bad news." <laughs> <laughs> and boobs in the shower. Yeah. So then, we go, then we get to the first shower scene. Classic. Yeah. Which, the first of seven. Which there's a lot of stuff in this movie, which is like incredibly comical because it's not. Just her showering. If you listen, you turn it up. It's like a squeak toy. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Like it's, it's like, squeaky, like it's cleaning a car window. Yeah. <laughs> it's we, so bad. There was the early peep, and there's tons of peeping. I don't even know if we can mention all the peeping. This movie no, has there's so more much peeping. But I yeah, wanted to say this peeps. is the first movie on the Fright Zone when I'm watching these scenes where I myself feel like a peeper. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I'm not supposed to be seeing what I'm seeing. That's what I'm saying. Right? She doesn't so know I'm here. I think it's only this, though. This is the one that's, like, gratuitous. Whereas the other ones, I feel like, are more normal to, <laughs> They're like, cl- the genre. We'll never take away your, your becoming a man from you, Hogan, no, with this movie. No, I'm serious. I'm serious. <laughs> would, this shower scene is outside of the what I would call the norm for genre <laughs> films like this. Normally, you're going to see a woman taking her shirt off and changing, you know? You're not going to get this long, slow-mo, up-and-down body shot. Her nipples right. were so dirty. It was well, and that's where she, like, flashes her friend. Yeah, like, well, that's what think... you do. Yeah, dude. You guys don't yeah. wave your dicks at each other? Well, yeah, I, but that's I mean, that's usually thing. how we oh, end every episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we're peeping here, and uh, then Melissa Moore comes in and interrupts her. You get a quick little jump scare. All of a sudden, it's like, is she even standing in a shower? Like, where's the curtain? Where's the anything? Like, what was she showering in? And then it shows her it's just like this miserable fucking corner where there's no privacy at all. <laughs> Ooh, lightning. Dude. That yeah. rotoscope lightning, do you know how much of that there is in there? It's the same shot, by the way. Yeah. Um, you did a tally for us? I did a tally. Tell us about it. Uh, where's it at? Where's They're like, that? man, that looks good. <laughs> is that again? It's a lot. Uh, they use the same lightning shot uh, 19 times in, throughout the what movie. What the fuck? Which seems... I thought you would say eight or something. Oh, no. It's a lot. 
Well, in the original Evil Dead, they showed the fucking clouds going over the moon like a bajillion times, too. Stop this right here, because I want Nate to see this. I'm pretty sure the redhead looks like uh, a redheaded Marissa Tomei. Oh. Yeah. Well, hey, while we wait for Nate to return from a... Poor hey, man's this is a good time. Tomei. This is a good time for a break. Hi, I'm Hogan. I'm in a big fucking hole right and I'm now. In a big fucking hole. While I'm down here, I figured I'd just say thanks for listening. Yeah, like and subscribe. And if you're on social media, hit us up at Fright Zone Podcast on Instagram. Or drop us a line via email on our website, thefrightzone.com. You know what's cool? The fact that you take time out of your busy day to listen to the Fright Zone Podcast. Please take time to rate and review the show on Apple, iTunes, or wherever you listen to the show. You know what else would be cool? What? I can't hear you! Well, it would be cool if you could check out our new Patreon page, which you can find the link for on our website. Anything helps us to get Hogan out of this godforsaken hole, whether it be a rope, a ladder, or some kind of chain. And hurry! The defecation bucket is reaching maximum load capacity! Oh, God. And now, back to the program. Why are you guys making those noises? Help! This redhead gives me like Rosie Perez vibes. Sure, sure. That's second. That's what you said. You said she looked like Marissa Tomei. Rosie she... Perez is what I meant. Oh, right. Because she's the second. Oh no, no. Second boobs is Melissa Moore. Third boobs is the bra application. <laughs> the redhead. Yes. Yeah. Third boobs. <laughs> Third boobs. <laughs> She's like my white, hip-hop band. white, red-headed Rosie Perez, I feel like. Let's find out together. No, not her. That's the wrong broad. Yeah. <laughs> not the That's same That's fourth one. boobs. Yeah. Her. Yeah. Yeah, she's got kind of a Rosie Perez thing. She also has like... She's no Marissa Tomei. There's Orville peeping at some shadows he sees. Yeah. I'm not worried about him being a murderer as much as I am like he might need to be on the registry. Yeah. <laughs> he should probably let some people know he's living there. Yeah. <laughs> he did. He came over and told me right. later than almost pulled his dick. <laughs> I've been watching this house. And then we have uh that cut and then then we have our fifth boobs here, which is the fireplace boob shot, um where she walks up and for some reason takes her top off. To take her bra off. It's logical. The fire's hot. To then She's too put hot. another shirt on. Which, you know, I don't know because I'm not a lady. Is taking your bra off, like, bras suck, right? I've like, seen my wife do it a million times. She's just like, bloop, and then she pulls it through her sleeve. Yeah. Yeah, like, you can do it that way. But Jim Wynarski's like, yeah, come on, get up in it. <laughs> <laughs> Where he might not be saying that to your wife. They're about to use the Ouija board to summon... What's his name? Hofstetter. Clive Hoxtetter. <laughs> Clive. And she AKA says, the driller killer. She says, everybody put their finger on the diviner. Uh, and Marissa Tomei, or whatever, Rosie Perez. <laughs> this is our Rosie cue. Perez goes, nobody puts a finger She's on my diviner. <laughs> oh! Tequila showdown. So at some point, they must have been drinking it, because the last time they showed the bottle, it was like all the way full. I but wonder if they actually are drinking it or if they're pouring it out. Periodically, because it looks like the bottom shelf, if I was to guess. Well, <laughs> the I girl in the Black Nighty, she's going to take at least seven shots on her own. Yeah. I feel like Melissa might be able to take some shots. Hey, Hogan, how did she come to even be on the Fright Zone? What's up with that? Um, So she was like the main character in a series of comics, and I acquired them, I don't know, six, seven months ago. And... uh 
posted them on my Instagram and tagged her in it, and she just commented, very cool. I was like, holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> you so made me a man. Maybe kind of like a Barbara down. Crampton, like she's active on social media and keeps mm-hmm. an eye out for stuff like that. Yeah. And then Hogan just messaged her, right? Like, yo, yeah. you want to be on my podcast? And Basically. Like, oh, okay. And she's like, sure. <laughs> yeah. That's why we've had It this, doesn't hurt to yeah. ask. We did this interview a while ago just because she was available. And we're like, well, we'll do the interview now and then record the episode in the new year. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> so let's do this and then we can. Oh. Which one's you? I didn't like spit in either of them. So. Cheers. Yes. Tequila. To miss more. Not as bad as I remember. What's the best one? It's good. That's probably why. This is probably actually good. If you're going to have tequila in your house, strong recommend Esplan. Puro Aguave. It's not just like squeeze through a sock. For filter filtration. So real quick, what's happening here is they use the Whoa. fucking Ouija board, and they con- they connect with somebody named Colin. Colin Quinn. No idea. Fake and name. W- one of the girls is like, "Ooh, it sounds Irish." <laughs> <laughs> Does it? But yeah. So then Colin like allows them to talk, or I don't know, because they don't even talk to Hoxtetter essentially. But he could be disguising who he is. That that's a thing. That's know? a Ouija board thing. Right. Anyway, then there's a fucking large burst of fire. I mean, what's we call him Pazulu and Exorcist? What's he says his, his name is Captain Howdy? Is that yeah. like I'm Pazulu, the demon gonna get or you? Or there's like weaker pe- like people that would come through and say they are demons. You know. All right. So I suppose you want to have tougher. a more like friendly name. Right. Like I'm Colin. I'm not gonna possess you and then murder all your friends and then you know cause you to get murdered yourself. Right. Apparently well, the girls no decide that this is too creepy for them, so they all decide to go to bed, leaving hundreds of lit candles all over the house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and a partially unfinished bottle of tequila, mm-hmm. which will come back into play. Um, yeah. They're just, yeah, taking a little nap in their sleeping bags. Good thing they were all prepared for the camp out style situation. Why aren't they by the fire? I don't know. I mean... I'd be by the fire. That's the first thing smoothest made me go, wait, that doesn't make any sense. Everything up to now. Everything else has been so... Check. Yes. Correct. Tell me a bedtime story. (laughs) I just have written down in the middle of my page, Jim Kaminsky. What (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck is that? (laughs) Is that name said at some point? Uh, Or is that just like I accidentally... Oh, yeah, Jim Kaminsky. It's because the girls start arguing... um, because there's like a back rub scene, and you're like, "Ooh, this oh, might go. Yeah. This might go one way, or it might go another way." Yeah. But I, then she's like, "Oh, you, I just did it with Jim Kaminsky," and she's like, "What?" Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and they say his name like four times. Yeah. She's like, "You did it with Jim Kaminsky. It's right here. I did it with Jim Kaminsky." Well, Jim does whoever Jim Kaminsky wants to do. Why <laughs> Nurski's like, "Yes, yes, yes, more Kaminsky, more Kaminsky." It's kind of like my name. <laughs> And then this is where she's kind of like razzing her saying, you don't have an exclusive on Billy. Like, you guys aren't steady dates or whatever. And she's like, you're a bitch. She was banging Billy the whole time? Fuck you. I'm going to go down and get drunk on tequila by myself. Seven shots right now. Yep. Which is sitting on the newel, bottom of the newel post. Yeah. <laughs> with a bunch of lit candles. <laughs> yeah. 
It's safe. It's like just stomp once and you got a broken, shattered bottle of tequila in a mm-hmm. fire because of the alcohol just causing a huge fire. This could, this game, uh, this movie itself could like be a drinking game in multiple ways. Like anytime they show the lightning, anytime there is well, a, that's 19 anytime there's drinks. A, uh, a boom mic in the shot. Okay. Which there's at least six that I counted. <laughs> what about if there's like, I don't know, boobs? Breasts, yeah, for <laughs> sure. Uh, 90s. Uh, anytime, anytime they change an outfit, anytime somebody says Jim Kaminsky, <laughs> yeah, is it one drink for a pair of boobs or one for each boob? I think you double up on that one. Yeah, it might. There's so. so many things you could do. It, maybe it's like you take a sip of a beer every time there's like a wardrobe change. But like, like Jim Kaminsky's like a shot every time Jim Kaminsky says. So there's right. a point you take like five shots in a row. I can hear Orville catch him wheezing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> When you hear him wheezing, you have to take a pull off of a space bag, right. which is a, a wine bag out of a box of wine. All right, so Janie's down in the kitchen drinking Janie's tequila down all in by the herself. Kitchen. She stormed off. And I believe there is more window peeping. Oh, yeah. Poop, poop, peep, peep, peep. But yeah, she takes about six or seven, I don't know, pulls off this tequila bottle before she gets drug over the counter. And that tequila is like a gross brown color. Dude, I bet it. It's rough. <laughs> and hooked to death. Yeah. No! And if you look like, in the bottom right, you're going to see a guy with a squeeze bag going. Yeah. <laughs> full the, of blood. The hook is like the hook in Mutilator, or like it's like a fishing hook, something you would drag a. Like a hay or a hail baler. Or a hay baler or a yeah. sea creature of some kind. You know, if you're dragging a dolphin across the fucking yeah, dock yeah. or whatever. I think it's right here. Go and go. And get her. She's drunk enough. Yeah. And hook to the neck. I love this, though. Just the way it's cut, it's great. Yep. You can totally see it. Yeah. <laughs> and more of the lightning. All right. So, and then there were, f- and then there were four. All yeah. right. All right. Now, Rosie Perez is going to get up. What? Who? Rosie she Perez. Actually, she actually has a couch. Oh, Mercy Domain? Yeah. She puts on, oh, man. For some reason, I thought she put on heels. And this is definitely one of those movies where the whole time I'm like, could somebody straighten that fucking painting on the wall? You guys are talking about cleaning all this stuff. Just straighten it. You just push it to the left or the right, and then it's not going to hang all stupid. Yeah. But no. In fact, they didn't even do anything. They just sat down, ate a bunch of white bread, and were like, oh, let's go to sleep. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. All those carbs got me tired. Yeah, one of us is possessed, and we're carbed up. Time to... (laughs) Hit the hay. Climb into our little bags. So Rosie Perez is going downstairs, and then she's finally going to make her way up to the attic, I believe. Hey, the, when they go up the attic, there's definitely, like, you know, shots of their butts in their 90s and undies. <laughs> and, like, when they got there, wouldn't they have done a tour? When they find the attic, they're, like, surprised. They're just like, what's this? Yeah. I don't remember this. Like, did you, like, just stop in the kitchen? No. Nope. Like, they didn't even bother taking a look around. Yeah, it's wild. And so she gets kind of like, and uh, like I wouldn't have thought that they would do this in this movie. It's more of like a, you know, Southern comfort deliverance kind of thing. But she gets the bear trap around the ankle. Yeah, hell yeah. You know, Orville Ketchum or whoever the killer is knows how to party. After she realizes that one of the biggest party fouls that could happen Ow, has happened, fuck. and the tequila is now broken and gone. So no one's going to be slamming that that hog anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking juice hog. Oh, man, I ate all my candies. 
<laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh, my snacks are gone. Do you need more snacks? I got like Skittles and Reese's peanut butter cups and no, stuff. I can't have. You want some one. Skittles? No, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Oh yeah. This, so I know that it would defeat the entire purpose of the film and why we're watching it is because it's Nighty Nightmare, but like there's times or places where I'm not quite sure what's going on where I just <laughs> you, I don't even take my shoes off. Yeah. Just because I'm like we might get like on tour. Yeah. You're like this might be one of those houses where like you just have to get up in the middle of the night and leave. The cop show. Because some yeah. dudes bolt fucking on cocaine, throwing his TV across the living sure. room at three in the morning. You're like I have. Fu- yeah, that and you were trying to sleep. Yeah, but now all of a sudden you're like in your underwear. <laughs> okay. at the trailer park. So just have yeah. your, leave your clothes on. Yeah. So I I don't understand how that thought never crosses their minds, but it's sort of like, okay, well maybe we're yeah. totally safe to be in our underwear. Walk around like where there's like rusty nails and like blood stains. I like or... to live dangerously. I always cook bacon nude. Yeah, you do. Ow. Yeah. Ow. Damn, dude. Ow. Yeah. <laughs> Are you Owen time. Wilson? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I just wow. say that all the time. Wow. Oh, wow. Wow. That really hurts. Wow. <laughs> that baking grease. Ow. Wow. Uh, yeah. But bear trapped the ankle. Not cool. Um, and then we get a nice fucking another hook kill with another off camera squirt. Hooked again. Or I wrote spurt. <laughs> it's more of a spurt than a squirt. Yeah. There's definitely a lot of spurting going on with this movie. <laughs> oh, yeah, Hogan. I also feel like it would be really easy to disprove this as being the house. I, I was going to put in Slumber Party Massacre just to see if the house was even remotely There's similar. no way. And I'm sure it does not. No like, way. The, well, I can tell you some things about this here. Oh, yeah, let's do that. Uh, well, you'd have to give me a second because there are my notes. Hey, I'll even give you five seconds, buddy. Uh... And we're ready. It's almost. It, I think the five seconds are up. Wynorski was given permission by Rogers Corman's wife, Roger, to film uh, while she and her husband were out of town, only under the condition that Roger not find out. What? Uh, the interior of the house used the same sets as Slumber Party Massacre Three. The exterior what? is the same house used for Evil Tunes. What? Mm. And the attic and basement sets were left over from Rock and Roll High School Forever. Oh. What? Yes. Okay. That basement scenes where they worship the refrigerator mm-hmm. in Rock and Roll High School Forever. Okay. Oh my god. That's gosh. why that basement seems so familiar. Whoa. And as far as that huge basement thing, I remember when we were looking at houses before we bought the house that we're currently in, we looked at one that was way out of our price range, but we were just like desperate trying to find something. And it was like that where you went in the basement, it was the whole length of the house. It was like, like you could have shows down here, like yeah. real, like it's like as big as the Muse down here. <laughs> yeah, basement's like a mansion. Oh, you could we store talking, hula hoops down this here. This did have a very limited theatrical release in 1992. Oh. so you're so you're saying your poster actually? I I thought this never hit theaters. No, it did. Very, well, very small. even more reason there needs to be a disc release because that means there has to be a widescreen print, but not this weird four three cut. It could mm-hmm. also be a New Horizons video store poster. Well, what is it? What is your poster? Tell us about it. Um, it's a, it's a one sheet. It's not a, Oh, it is. Yeah. Oh, cool. Did you ever get that to Melissa for your autograph? I didn't. What? I did not. Why She's not? been I mean, holding a, could. a marker ever since the, yeah, dude, she's waiting. I mean, I still have her phone number. In Melissa, my phone. sorry, we didn't get that to you. Yeah, you need, you need, I have her phone number. Uh, uh, I have some really just goofy numbers. I have William Hung's phone number in my phone. Cool. Yeah. We can call him. Yeah. 
She bang. She bang. <laughs> Why do you have his number? I don't know. Just in case. Because I found it. <laughs> it was like he had it posted on LinkedIn. And so one day I called and just talked to him. For to real? See it, to see if it actually worked. And then we ended up just talking to him. And then we were trying to get him to play like our friend's wedding. And he was just like, no. I only do corporate gigs, basically. Wow. And then I just never deleted it. I just saved it to my phone. Yeah, corporate gigs are crazy because they're not like trying to sell tickets or anything. They're just like, we have all this money. And it's a tax. Yeah, here's twenty five thousand yeah, dollars. Just show up and just perform for like thirty people. Yeah, for a unique <clears throat> experiment. Experience. Experiment. It's both. Yeah. yeah, the strip club part rules. <laughs> this is probably the hi- one of the highlights. Yeah, for me. So the opening part where she first starts stripping. So we get. You know, that off-camera kill, hook kill with the spurt. We got a strip club, which if a movie was made in between 1987 and 1993, there's a 95% chance there's a strip club scene right. in it. And the reason we're people at People do it, man. The reason we're at the strip club, I <coughs> feel like we have to say this. This is tissue to slumber yeah. party massacre now, The reason right? we're at the strip club is because <laughs> Detective 1 and Detective 2 are going uh, they're there. They're called the house cops? Yeah, the house cops. Yeah. House cop 1 and house cop 2 are <laughs> going to the strip three. club to interview huh? a survivor... Of the hawks, hawks that are massacres, Which murders. It's weird because it's supposed to be like a survivor. It's supposed to be like, but isn't it supposed to be like the sister of a survivor, kind of like the sister of the survivor yes. in part the yeah. actual survivor it's massacre. Explained too? very it's loosely, so strange, very loosely. But in this scene, you have uh, like 1950s bad guy mobsters. Yeah. It looks like if you watch one of those action movies where it's like. Some random location in like the jungle or in South America or something. And there's just like a couple of each demographic. Yeah, there's two sheiks. Yeah, a, a, puffing on a hookah the whole time. It's like a they... slightly better set than the set that uh, Quiggs is stripping in in yeah. uh, Hollywood Chainsaw That guy, Hookers. the like mobster dude. And then there's the two <laughs> biker guys. Yeah. And there's some boobies. The DJ says, and now, gentlemen, if you will do something constructive and pull your hand... Wait, no, as he say, And now, gentlemen, if you will do something constructive and pull your hands out of your pockets and put them together... <laughs> <laughs> what a boobs number is this, Nate? I believe I would say this is seven. Yeah. And right? you're yeah. saying sets, so we'd have to multiply it by two. Yeah. So these are the... Fourteen. F- fourteen. We've now seen fourteen boobs. In case yeah. you guys don't know, there's supposed to be two boobs on a person. Unless you're on Mars. Yeah. Three. And then there's three or more. Yeah, three. Yeah. Nice. There's an average of three. You go up to six, <laughs> down to one. <laughs> so the stripper that they're going to see is the survivor. <clears throat> and the when she first they first show her dancing, there's no music playing. Yeah. I don't know how the DVD is, yeah. but on the VHS, there's just, she's just dancing to music that's not there. They're like, yeah, we'll fix yeah, this up this, later. Look at this Godfather motherfucker. The, he yeah. looks like the Godfather from Godfather's Pizza, dude. Yeah, like on their coops. He also looks like someone who's 15 years younger than the character he's playing, trying to look like an old <laughs> yeah. mafioso. Yeah. Not too unlike a uh, Bloodhook, the old guy. It's like, yeah, you're like younger than the the. The, the teens. Yeah, who casted this? <laughs> so, so what, I was going to say, what were you going to say? Oh, well, what's up? So, they talk to Candy and they, you know, run the, or House Cop 1 and House Cop 2 talk to Candy. And House Cop 1 uh, runs it by her that he thinks that the neighbor had something to do with the murders as well as Hockstetter. And she kind of confirms that maybe that's the case. Mm. That she wasn't sure. 
but she didn't see him in there at any point. Right. She's he like, was I just never out him. around the neighborhood, which was pretty normal. <laughs> Satana McFixit. She's an actual porn star. And, oh, I'm not quite yet maybe coming. The actual porn star, we don't see her breasts. Yeah, isn't that funny? Yeah. What? It's like, you know you could have given her like eight more bucks, right? <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, no, there we go. There we go. I was okay. wrong. <laughs> Thank Christ. Eight, 16. We've got 16 breastasai. Breastasai. Well, Hogan, do you need help? Oh, I don't want you to twist and fuck up your back I'm in good. the fright zone. Oh, and my then, gosh. Anyway, so we cut back to the house. Yeah. Well, first they mentioned that she's going to be in Strip to Kill Part 7. Oh, yeah. Of which there's only <laughs> two of. That. But it's funny that they make a fake movie that's like that ridiculous of a number. Yeah. Hell which yeah. is definitely someone who watches like porn would think that that's a possible number. Right. Because <laughs> those go like, you know, it's like Chicks with Toys, 14. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think anyone has rights to these necessarily. Volume twenty five. <laughs> Volume twenty five. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Why did I write Satana McVixen though? Because that's the name of the stripper. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. That's her actual porn name too. Oh. So they didn't want to confuse her. They wanted to be like, we're gonna say her name and she's look, gonna know it's it her name. If you say her name, she'll come out. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All you do, you say her name. Huh? <laughs> um, she's like probably coming out. Okay. So <laughs> oh, okay. we, we cut back to the house, and at the house, I think all hell's breaking loose, right? Rosie Perez got the bear claw in the attic. <laughs> yeah, and this is where they find the other girls hanging. Yeah, so then like the right other here. two are... Yeah, but so there's three left now? Yeah, even though the movie says there's three in the first place. <laughs> the box, I think, says three. Yeah, three sexy co-eds. <laughs> okay, so, but there's five. Yeah. So... Duh. The two girls are hung, strung up in the basement, and now our three girls are left to, presumably the best thing to do would be run out of the fucking house, I would assume. You would think so. But they make a stop in the kitchen, uh, which is one of my favorite parts, and <laughs> she says, uh, Melissa actually grabs a knife, and she goes, I, I think we'd feel a lot better if we all had one of these. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and she distributes knives to everybody. And, uh, yeah, she... Uh, what does she say? She goes, uh, what the hell for? We should just get out of here. And she goes, well, I'm taking one with me. And the other girl goes, why? And she's like, for comfort. Yeah. <laughs> and this is where we see what is pretty obviously Orville's silhouette in the window. And then, you know, they probably don't Baby. know who it could be or might be, but they're probably pretty sure it's him. He's the only person they've met. Baby. Who else would it be? Um, <laughs> and so they see his silhouette. He's peeping the fuck out of that shit. Paper. And he's tapping on the window, and then he goes to the door, which has the chain drawn, like in a you know a hotel or whatever. And he's slamming on it, which I do not believe for a second that that man could not push through that chain lock. No, that wood's rotten too. Yeah, you like just they have shoulder no. They have ants. So out of shape. For sure, I could buy. It. He's just like so weak. He's it's like true. <laughs> You can hear him wheezing throughout the entire film, so there's that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they find, uh, they go running to hide, and they find, like, a bondage setup, right? Yep. Yep. It's got uh, a mannequin that has nipple clamps on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You didn't say that was something they needed in their spooky attic, though. <laughs> I said mannequin. Clamps. I didn't you, specify. Nipple clamps it's required. An, it's an add-on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The core of the item is the same. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
And then, yeah, she she sees uh, Orville and starts running away and just slams into some empty boxes that are in the hallway. Yeah. Remember that shot? Yep. <laughs> I'm not quite sure what those empty boxes are because they didn't show him like, actually moving anything in. No. And you wouldn't move anything in until you clean this place up. It's a shithole. Yeah, we've so also haven't seen him unpack anything, so why are those boxes empty? Well, they've unpacked at least uh, 20 breasts. The 90s. Yeah. <laughs> the 90s, their breasts, bars of soap. Yeah. <laughs> Things to clean the breasts. Tequila. Them. Yeah. Moisturizing. A loofah, maybe. An extra vizier. So, basically... I think we're down. Well, no shit. There's. I think we have Kimberly, we have Jessica, and Kelly. These are our three girls that are left, and this is kind of important. The the ending is, or who's left in the end? I think. Okay. Well, tell us more than Hogan. Okay. 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 So. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, Ketchum ends up getting into the fucking house, <laughs> which they lead us to believe he climbed up a drain pipe. Yeah. Through a tiny ass window and got into the attic. He's really, really into getting into that. He's house. he's a big dude. Too. He would never have been able to do that. I couldn't shimmy up a fucking pipe like that. So Kimberly fucking runs off, leaving Kelly and Jessica. And uh, I think this is where Orville takes two stabs to the chest. Yeah, really harsh ones too. She like just comes right at him. <laughs> Like center mass, like you're probably not surviving from these stab wounds because it's like a 12 inch kitchen knife. Yeah, I would say it's above the gut and up somewhere in that realm. Yeah, very least punctured lung. Yeah. So anyway, he's down, and what's her name? Uh, Kelly. Then runs down the stairs. <clears throat> Well, doesn't she stab him and then chain strangulation? Oh, yeah, then shit. She, like, she throws a chain him, around his neck. Then tries to sneak by him, and he grabs her, and then she fucking strangles him to death with a log chain. Yeah. Which yeah. I don't know where. Also, you can add that into your basement or your attic. Right. For more creepy sex to tie stuff up, dangle people. Right. Whatever. <laughs> um, so, yeah, she stabs him three times, not dead, comes back to life or whatever. Comes you know, and at this point, I was like, "Well, you. I hope it's Orville because like he's probably not okay." Yeah, he, at the very least, he's angry. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, "What the fuck?" Well, he's also not saying anything. They're making a point that he's just like there. Well, it's because he's so big and overweight that he's out of breath. Yeah. He can't speak from shimmying up that pipe. Yeah, and cramming his bodice <laughs> through the window. So stabbed three times, strangled finally with a log chain. She now, runs off. She runs off and stumbles into the bathroom where presumably uh, Kimberly had been. And she finds her semi-lifeless body in a pool filled with blood. Yeah. I believe. I think she comes to for like two seconds, just long enough to be like, I'm dying. Right. Just like, <laughs> Ew, let you know I'm she's not dying. quite dead. Yeah. Help, I'm dead. Ew, and Orville shows up. Again. And it's like, what the fuck? And she grabs him, slams his face down into a toilet repeatedly. Yeah. yeah, we're talking about a girl who's four foot seven, a hundred pounds soaking wet, grabs a six foot three, three hundred pound man by the back of his neck. During this part, I was like, man, that could have been Chris Farley yeah. for whatever reason. I was like, he could have done this. <laughs> this move had a much bigger budget if Chris Barley played or 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 catch him on my brain. And then all of a sudden, like so after she like fucks him up more, the phone rings. Yeah, she well she drowns she drowns him in the toilet. Yeah. So or I think almost. he's finally fucking dead. 
We hope. But yeah. is he? I don't know. <laughs> and the call is from some lady calling for Clive Hostetter. Mm-hmm. So when it finally rings, it's like a ghostly call. Is uh, Clive there? Yeah. Where it's like an old-timey voice. Could you put voice. him on the phone? <laughs> but the... The phone didn't work earlier. Mm-hmm. Correct. It was a plot point. Two times. Yeah. It only works when it's from they another dimension several or times the, the afterlife. Didn't work. <laughs> and so. Uh, I also think it's really weird, like when he's chasing them through the house, when Orville's ca- chasing them through the house, how does he know all of their names individually? I don't he's know. Like, Kelly! Because like we're struggling with that, you know? Like, So then we have two left, right? Uh,. Yeah, and it's Jessica and and Kelly and Kelly, and Kelly is Melissa. No, Jessica. Jessica is Melissa. Is Melissa. Yeah. So Jessica uh, starts speaking in a. If you've seen the movie Demons, it's kind of like that sort of voice where they throw a little like reverb on it and make her sound kind of like a possessed <laughs> man. You and I are going to play, Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, this is a pretty great shot here. Like, oh, it's fantastic. Just Butt City. Yeah. And she's this just mission like, This Ernie House Massacre 2, Butt City. <laughs> and then, and Kelly's like, Don't worry, I killed him. I killed him. I got him. Like, thinking she had, like, saved the day by a brutally and violently murdering or attempted murdering twice <laughs> an innocent man. Well, innocent. He was peeping. Yeah. yeah. He was peeping. We didn't know he was innocent. But the crime for peeping. Isn't multiple stab wounds stab and drowning times. and choked to death with a log chain? Says you and drown in a toilet. <laughs> More crooked <laughs> shit. Hang up that Dos Equis thing, right, man? Jesus, fuck. This basement's pretty red. Yeah. <clears throat> Some fun stuff happens down there. So the big shocker and reveal is that Jessica has this entire time been the killer because she is possessed. By Hockstetter himself. But somehow she doesn't have a drip of blood no. on her nightie. She's very clean. Even though there's been spurt deaths going on <laughs> left and right all around that nightie. There's, there's been spurting spurt from the beginning of this film. <laughs> yeah. Hurting for a spurting. <laughs> that would be a great show. Oh, uh, man. <laughs> so Jessica and uh, Jessica and Kelly then go head to head in a uh, so what's going on here? Can she turn it on and off? I think she can, yeah. Okay. Somebody stop me. <laughs> so they're going to go head to head in a uh, semi-topless fight in the living room. And then Orville Ooh. Ketchum's going to show back up. <laughs> That's right. He's, he's, he's not again? dead. <laughs> he's still Jeez. alive. Wait, please. <laughs> just if he just wants to get out, like I just want to help you, yeah. <laughs> but they keep fucking stabbing him. Yeah, there's those boxes. Well, look at him; he's so tired. He just walks around like Frankenstein. And also, if he climbed up uh, the drain my boots pipe, are so heavy. <laughs> when we watched this before, you kept talking about how great it was. He just like he's like the Terminator. It's like yeah. like you know he doesn't feel pain. He can't be reasoned with. You know, like he's keep killing him. He keeps getting. He back. only like, wants on to for- peep. Yeah. <laughs> he won't stop until he peeps. Yeah, you can't stop peeping. Uh, so then, Hogan and I watched this uh, on the Patreon after 
when we did the night of the comet episode when you weren't here nate when that episode was done we watched this and streamed it on the patreon and watched it with some people. and i would uh and i apologize for not being here for that to any listeners that give a shit oh that was I'm a here. couple episodes ago it's okay you know i know no i'm just saying i don't think i've said anything about it but i was just on a family trip well, technically, Hogan canceled the original recording date. Yeah, Hogan. So <laughs> we can blame, we can point fingers at some people, and yeah, other times Hogan. point at other people. But it nope. was it was Hogan's pick, and I didn't want him to not be involved in it either because it's. I think the episode's still trying to fun. Uh, no, that's good. I I did listen to it. We were watching this movie though. Hogan just you were so pumped about how much they kill Orville and how much he's come back. You were just so enthusiastic about oh, it's it. So, I mean, it's just so fucking stupid, right? And all horror movies from now on are going to be, you know, subsequently affected by it. <laughs> yeah, like Joe Bob said. <laughs> what did Joe Bob say? Uh, he said, uh, four stars will surely become the standard for all yeah. horror flicks. This is our. This is the base level here. Top Everything will be tier. compared to this. <laughs> no matter what you do. It will be like, is it as good as Sorority Massacre 2? I don't know. <laughs> we need another set of boobs. Uh, I'm surprised Orville doesn't get his game. out. <laughs> so then she pops out. Not, not here. Not the boobs is, don't pop out. No, this no, is, no. We're at the end. Now. I'm talking about when Kelly and we're past this. Yeah. <laughs> but she stabs her right in the fucking neck. Yeah. It's like, what if she's just possessed and something can be done? Yeah. Like, what if, like, you just slap her in the face and she's not possessed anymore or something? Like, it's just a Ouija board. There's no time to ask questions. Yeah. Imagine how different Exodus would be if first time he, like, Merrick shows up, he just fucking stabs Reagan in the neck and he's like, all right, see yeah. you. Then. No more <laughs> demon. Hey, he still jumps out the window. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was in my contract. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? But still, humanity wins. Oh, yeah, the man. knife, like, based on where it is, that's in a major organ. Yeah. I'm not sure which one, but so I think it's the pancreas. That's five stab wounds, strangled to death with a log chain, drowned in a fucking toilet, and he's finally dead. Thank God. No, he's not. Wait, <laughs> what? <laughs> or God damn he? it, Nate. I didn't know we were... He no will spoilers. peep again. <laughs> yeah. He's got peeping on the brain. You can't stop him. And she's like really like fuck She actually you. is pretty decent in this role. She kills the fuck out of him like anybody else. We'll say anybody but Orville is dead three times right. by now. And she's just like, well, I had to do it, you know. Instead of just crying in a corner. Most of these types of movies, it'd just be like, don't cleave me. Oh, she's going to end up in a corner again. Did what? you say don't cleave me? <laughs> no, I said don't leave me. Don't cleave me. <laughs> And then at the end, uh, after she stabs her in the neck and we're not quite sure what's going on, uh, she gets killed too, doesn't she? Yeah. Cut to the next morning. So Kelly has survived. All of the other girls are fucking dead. Orville's dead. Kelly's alive, just shivering because she's covered in blood and only wearing, you know, a A blouse and panties. Yeah. Um, and then we cut to the next morning. Oh. Finally, House, House Cop and one and two show up. Finally. With the moving guy. They got distracted at the strip club in all fairness. Yeah. Um, Not to see there. And the moving guy is Bob Sheridan. Hmm. 
who uh, plays the uh, song Invasion of the Body Snatchers that are in the closing credits. Hmm. Um, but anyway, so they show up, and she's like half awake in a pile of garbage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's definitely a pile of garbage. <laughs> and then she stands up, and we notice- and she has a knife in her hand still. Yeah. And she starts laughing very maniacally, though, and we realize <laughs> that Hockstetter's voice has now transferred to her. Yeah. Because she's the only one left. She's jumping bodies. And instead of, I wonder what's going on, maybe she's just sick, maybe we should get a hold of somebody, they fucking kill her. Right? No. Am I misremembering? Orville Ketchum comes back to life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Artie knows. That's right. Okay. And steals house cop number one's gun and shoots yeah. her and then trips and they shoot him 13 times with <laughs> fucking shotguns. Yeah. But then, like, you hear someone go, get an ambulance. This man is still this alive. Man is still alive. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's right. That's, it's you know, so funny. that's the nod and the wink, right? They're like, yeah, we know we killed him a lot. Of times. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but because then if you see hard to die, that's the actual ending, right? Is that the ending? Well, then they yeah, show. No. Then there's like a news reel. But that's after they do a cool post movie sequence where it shows each actress and it says their name with a clip, video clip. Of them in the movie, and then right. it cuts to what? Yeah, then it cuts to like a newsreel, like talking about the murders, but how Orville Ketchum, you know, has survived and have a good day. Orville. He'll be out of the hospital today. <laughs> yeah, it says something like that. But then, hard to die. Orville Ketchum's back, and he's like, af- like, and he's like helping them in that one. It's like hard to die. Like that same character, the same actors playing Orville Ketchum again. It's like a somehow like a sequel but it's not and it's like basically the same cast and then they shoot it right after this like the same like like they finished this and went on shot hard to die immediately it's definitely it's like very strange a similar group of girls if not the exact same group you want to know what out of out of no matter how many times i've seen this all the years uh i've pondered this question is why if his name is peter spellos in the movie he goes as orville ketchum but it credits him in the credits as Orville Ketchum as well. This has kept Hogan up at night because he asked Melissa. Dude, I like, asked I Melissa, and she know. goes, "I don't know." Yeah, <laughs> I was right. like, God damn it! You were the only person that I could possibly ask. You have to get a whole Wynorski now. Yep. Oh, fuck that. Just go right to the source. Is he even <laughs> still alive? Peter Ellis. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. Get a hold of him. Maybe he knows. Yeah, he might know. And uh, he might have just shown. I mean, up I think it's the, the first paycheck. thing listed on his IMDb. So my thought was like. Maybe he was like, eh, I don't know if I want to use my name on this. Yeah. You know? This isn't like, this isn't all good on a resume. Yeah. I think I'll just call me Orville Ketchum. Depends on who you ask, I guess. <laughs> so, uh, Orville as himself. I mean, that was the movie. So, like, yeah. out of five rights, if you could follow uh, along. You know? <laughs> what? I mean, Hogan, I feel like you'll probably, I mean, you love this movie. Uh, five I mean, frights. What do you gonna, give it? I'm not going to do something insane and say that. that that's like five for me because I mean, while it is, I'm also being realistic. It's like a solid three. So you give it out five fries. You give it three frights. Yes. Okay. I totally get it. It's rewatchable. Yes. You enjoy it. You've I think it's for funny. And the, and the, the uh, overwhelming amount of nudity that you seem to think that there is does not bother me. I didn't say it bothered I, me. I was saying this movie is low on plot and high on TNA. I think there's plot. I think there's an unnecessary amount of nudity that could be cut out of it. 
like six minutes out of the seven. Maybe <laughs> maybe four. Cut out four minutes. Out of five frights. I'd say add made? boobs. Um, <laughs> I'd say get rid go, of Orville Ketchum. Just, yeah. just push the and just turn him into a boob monster. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's the killer tit next door. Yeah, just a giant boob. It's like the brain, just like a big ball. It's <laughs> being pushed by dudes yeah. on a cart. It's like this is really looking good on, on <sighs> camera. Um, I, I'm gonna go with two frights. Uh, it's it's fun. I'll definitely watch it again, especially after like. Doing this and taking the notes, it's always fun yeah. to rewatch it a little while later. I wouldn't recommend it to like all horror fans. I would recommend it to people that like to lean on the low budget side of horror, but maybe don't like to go as deep as like a shot on video. So it's like it's not as poor quality as like a shot on video mm-hmm. or a sixteen millimeter movie. It's a good bridge. It's like in between that and a real film. <laughs> like it's somewhere it's fun you can tell that like it was probably a lot of fun to make uh, for palpable. most people i bet there was probably one of these girls that like still has nightmares of being in this movie but <laughs> everybody else um probably had a lot of fun drinking tequila and uh just hanging out in a house for a while and being in a movie and back then a movie like this like there's probably you know, millions of these made to yeah. put out at video stores. It wasn't like a little deal. It was a pretty big deal at the time. They yeah. wrote, shot, and directed this in seven days. Oh, wow. Yeah. They're just like, let's do this. You would never guess it watching it. <laughs> Not a, even uh, a little bit. That's why for me, it's a hard call between like a one fright or two fright. There's, It's not like a half for me. Um, I ultimately would... I give it two frights out of five just for the fact that I appreciate how bizarre it is that it's almost a sequel to both movies but not quite um i was super confused when i first saw this did i put the wrong tape in yeah because i had no internet to do any sort of looking Uh uh-huh like i didn't know like i was just like am i confused like this this looks like another movie i've seen yeah but how could that be the bizarreness (laughs) of that gives it an upper leg to me like it, it gets a whole extra fright for that otherwise i'd give it one does um, anyone actually know how that happened or how that came to be because corman produced slumber party they had so the footage had and they basically like we need to make this something they you know needed, they needed to and they had seven days well they needed to <laughs> pad it is is one of the things too and so they came back and they reshot some stuff and then added extra scenes from slumber party yeah to make it you know, and told make the, make the runtime a little bit longer. Told the Clive story a few extra times. Right. It's, I mean, it's fun. Like, uh, and you mentioned, you can. It looks like they're having fun, and I think that's really palpable. There's scenes where it's like, I think they wrote this down. Right. Said before this is they what you're going to say. Then you're going to say this. Go. Yeah. Like that's like how I made movies with friends when I was like eight with like the family's home video cameras like okay then you're gonna say this and you say this go it would save a lot like, of time so... in editing if you just filmed it in the order like that yeah you i know? mean it has this is the, the next thing. it has that energy and that's fun um i mean if it existed on disc i'd pick it up um so yeah i'd still recommend it hogan if we've asked you to give it five off five frights when you were a young boy what would you have given it <laughs> uh, i don't i don't know man <laughs> one fist up <laughs> Yeah. Uh, hey, we have a Patreon. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh, that's cool. Uh, you can check it out if you uh, like what you're listening to <laughs> and you know, want to support us or something. Whatever. Oh, my God. I just tripped on our Patreon. <laughs> Whoa. God. <laughs> I stubbed my toe. Uh, 
I think I just stubbed my toe on the dollar tier. You can find it on the, <laughs> thefrightzone.com. There's a link to it, or patreon.com slash thefrightzone. But this month, we do have a new Patreon. His name is Jim Cobb. Jimmy, baby. Jim Cobb, he's a peeper like Orville Ketchum, baby. He's just peeping stuff. He's looking through our windows. He's spying on us. Looking at you against your will. I feel like Orville Ketchum is the ultimate peeper. Oh, yeah. His peep time in this is definitely. <laughs> Should we just change the name of this tier to Orville Ketchum? Yeah, Orville tier. <laughs> but, Jim, thanks a lot for supporting us. We appreciate you. Um, you'll get your stickers in the mail soon. And, uh, you know, jump on that Discord and talk with us. Okay. Yeah. And for release wise, um, I don't know if New Horizons did betas, which I'm guessing they would have mm-hmm. probably. I've never seen one. I've, yeah, I've never actually seen one, but it just seems like possible. Um, I have seen some laser discs, so I don't know if there's one of this or not. There might be, but I, I feel like there's not because that would be a reason why the DVD would be so sought after. Yes. Uh, as far as my VHS is concerned, I bought this at Waukee Video when they were going out of business. It was a baseball card store slash video store. So half oh, cool. the place was baseball cards. Half of it was VHS tapes. Do they have my, pogs? Probably at some point. <laughs> I'm, I can't imagine that that place didn't have some pogs floating around. But, uh, yeah, I went into the video store once. I was honestly just going to, like, rent something. And he's like, oh, hey, like... You know, it's kind of not working out. Like, we're going to just start selling stuff. If you see anything you want, they're five bucks. Oh, sick. So I just went around the store, and this was definitely before, like, VHS collecting was even a thing. It was just, like, you bought movies. It's not, yeah. like, I don't think that there would have been any way for him to know anything was worth more than whatever. And I wasn't buying anything based. That was one time where I definitely wasn't buying anything based on what I thought it was worth not that i've you're just like cool it's a horror movie i'll buy this yeah i just went out and i was also just buying like oh i don't have watchers too i'm sorry i'll buy watchers too i've never seen that or a lot of what i got that day were sequels of stuff that i had never seen yeah and uh this this one was definitely confusing but uh yeah i miss those days i haven't had a good haul or hoard or even just a little score in a while. I did find Slumber Party Massacre cut box. Yeah, you got that word, Salvation Army, right? Salvation Army downtown, which I was going to bring and offer to one of you guys, but I couldn't find it. So if you guys do not have that. I don't. That was a good score. I, I stop in there every now and then. That's one of the few places that and the DAV, but the DAV took down their movie wall. Did they? That, you know that they had that big one? Mm-hmm. That's gone, and now it's just DVDs, and if there are VHS tapes, it's Goodwill style where it's just kids' movies. Yeah. You know, yeah. you might end up finding a cool clamshell accidentally if they don't notice that it's a Gorgon title or something. Well, Salvation but... Army's about it anymore. I uh, There was some woman, I can't remember which Goodwill I was at a couple weeks ago, but I stopped there and there was like three tapes out and they were just blanks. that uh, One of them said wedding on it. So I was like, oh, taking that one. Yeah. And she's like, you'll buy that? And I was like, yeah. And she goes, we're just supposed to throw all these away. And I was like, that's a bummer. Yeah. Can you imagine how many like movies are just in a landfill just yeah like just the copies of the most rare shit to like titanic you know Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. it's just what a waste that they like they decide whether or not people are going to want them it's like why don't you put them out and then if because people will buy them right even if you just like fucking rotate them yeah you know once a week you know well these didn't sell this week toss them 
Yeah. You know, give somebody the opportunity to buy them. Right. So what about the bins? Don't put them out anymore, you mean? The bins do, um, but I mean, it's, you really gotta. The bins is a different thing just because, like, you need time. Yeah. You gotta be like, I have an extra hour to drive to the south side. I'm there. Like, and then I have I'm another the... two hours to dig. Yeah. So you, you and I went like once, and we were sec- there for a while. We went through every bin. It, was it fun, takes though. about two hours to dig through all the bins. See, I think that's something I would, like, if you're going with the homie, I think I'd have fun doing it. If I went by myself, I would get just kind of bored. Like, I'm sick Just of put this. headphones I, in. Dude, that's all I do. Yeah. I so put audiobook on, I just fucking dig and ignore everybody. I like yeah. that shit with friends and like, man, look what I found. Whoa, sick. You know, like, yeah. I don't know. It's Unless fun. they find the cool shit and you don't. I know. That's why I hate that shit. <laughs> yeah. Because you guys are both hurting with your there was VHS this collections. VHS oh my God. kid. No, yeah. Well, Especially Nate. When you're saying, I haven't had a big haul in a while, it's like, you're just saying, like, I don't have space for my stuff anymore. <laughs> yeah, but I need that big haul to give me the excuse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know, yeah. I'd be like, okay, well, now I have to figure something out. Yeah, like, finding shit. That, that's, like, fun. You know, that's just yeah. the fun part of well, like, I think finding that stuff. See, I was trying to do it the other day. I was like, okay, I'm going to focus on one section. Okay, here's my Vestron tapes. Make a box of just ones you're never going to watch again. I start pulling them off, and I'm like just feeling the weight of it and like looking at it, and it's like an early catalog number, and I know I'll never find it again. It's just like some random drama from like the early 70s mm-hmm. or something. I'm like, do I keep this? Am I ever going to watch it? Because sometimes I do go into my video room, and I'm like, I just want to watch a really well-made movie. Mm-hmm. So I just like find something. I might do like a cursory research just to make sure that like it's got some praise somewhere that mm-hmm. it's not all just like fuck this everywhere. Right. And I'll put in like just watch a really good movie with like you know whoever in it. I P- saw you recently Peter watched. Rotul. You watched Night Game recently, finally. Yeah, that that dude, movie's sick. I don't know what I thought that was, but it's way cooler than I thought it was going to be. Like, does that even have a disc release at all? I feel. Like I feel it like does. Bo. The, he listens to the show, and I work with him at the Jay's Warehouse yeah. now. He posted, yeah, yeah, he did. He post, he sent me a picture of a title screen for Night Game that he must have picked yeah. it up after, or maybe he got I it. I feel like we might have talked about it in an early episode of this podcast. I think it might have came up for some reason. I like movies that are centered around, like horror movies that are centered around interesting stuff. And, like, I can't think of another one other than blood games that's got like a baseball thing to it. Yeah. And just like the way they pieced it together made it interesting. It makes it more of like a crime thriller, but like the kills are very slashery. Yeah. The point of view mm-hmm. is very like, you know, slashery and I don't know. Like, I, I really like, enjoyed it. I, I feel like I got that from the drama section back in the day when I rented on VHS and stuff. Like, I feel like that's where yeah. they had like, you know, drama. Yeah. Cause and I it's like, you could totally put that in the yeah. horror section. Absolutely. Well, Hey, uh, I don't know. I guess we should let's let's see what Melissa Moore has to say about this star. Let's of take the sorority house massacre to the too. Let's take the interview train to Melissa Moore Town. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to say anything about this interview before we play it, Hogan? I don't know. I fucking. My my butthole puckered up real hard, mm-hmm. and Greg had to do most of the talking because I froze. Hogan loves Melissa Moore. It was kind of charming because, like, when it came, I was like, this is like. I could tell that's mine. I was like, oh, Hogan really likes Melissa Moore. Yeah. Because <laughs> you, you would think she was in the room and he was like, oh, I'm M- Miss Moore. Huh? Like, yeah. you, you just, you have this like, vis- you were visibly Can I get you anything? Like, oh, oh, you're not here. I mean, it's like, <laughs> you in, talk in, fine though. You sound fine. You could just see you. Like, Afterward, I was yeah. so mad about it because you have to think. Why like, did I ask her that? That's <laughs> the only time you're going to talk to somebody like that. Right? Yeah. You know? So. 
And then, like, I didn't know where my fucking... I couldn't find anything I wanted to ask He missed his chance to shoot his one shot. So, like, how about if I come down there? Are you going to teach me how to ride horses and stuff? And, <laughs> but, yeah, so here it is. Here with us today, we have multi-world champion, American saddlebreed horse trainer and rider, actress, model, comic book star, and, of course, screen queen, the talented and lovely <laughs> Melissa Ann Moore. Hi, that was quite an introduction. Yes, well, it's all true, right? So <laughs> yeah, all true. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks for gracing us with your presence here in the fright zone, Melissa. Well, thank you. Um, I guess to start off, I guess recently you said you were doing uh, you were doing a, a horse show actually not too far from us. Yeah, I we just finished up our uh, season. Our last horse show was in Kansas City. So I just got back from that, and then I ended up going up to Shipshawan, Indiana, right after that for another for something I was judging actually. Nice. So I'm done. I'm done for the year. I, no more horse shows until probably April. So that's great. Nice. Oh, okay. I I actually lived in Kansas City for some time. That's that's cool. Oh, it's it's great. It's a great city. Um, my mom's actually from that area, so I oh, like nice. going out there. I have family still out there. Cool. I actually have this uh, focus issue number one where I was reading uh reading about um you know some of your um like horse horse training and stuff like that and uh it's 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 a very small biography i wish there was more to be to be honest <laughs> yeah <laughs> i know i actually forgot about that yeah well i think i i probably added a lot to that since that was actually printed so um yeah so i mean i i train horses and i have a horse farm in versailles kentucky and we um, have probably like a hundred horses on the farm and it's a uh, quite a busy life I have. So right. I have to somehow fit in all my other things that I like to do, like model and act in between all that. Um, that's cool. That's cool. Well, well, one of the things, I guess the, the reason that, w- that we got in touch is I posted, uh, I, I posted the, the three issues of the comic book that I have. Right. Um, and I was going to ask you, um, I guess how that, how that came to be because, a very uh very interesting interesting piece i have them here in front of me actually what's the name of that comic book for our listeners who can't see them Hogan? uh melissa moore bodyguard <laughs> bodyguard yes um i was just approached if i would be would mind you know being in this comic book or being the subject of this comic book and you know i thought how cool is that so i said by all means and that's just kind of how it got started and they did it and um i was able to promote it and it was uh it was kind of cool neat nice so you're in kentucky by you grew up in kentucky as well so are you like back in your hometown then i am i uh so i'm actually i'm in versailles kentucky or versailles if you're french um i've been here since uh well i graduated when i graduated high school i moved to california and i stayed in california until the early 90s and then i moved back to kentucky so that's where I am. But it's fun now that, you know, so many films are shot outside of um, Hollywood area. And, I mean, I get as much work here as I would if I were probably in L.A. So it's kind of great. That's cool. And you get to do what you love, you know, because you, you also have a huge passion for horses. I mean, you're, you're like over 50 times world champ, right? Yeah. So it's, <laughs> you know, it's nice to have. Uh, I always say I do the acting and the modeling as a hobby, but it's just also something I really love. But the horses are, you know, that's my that's my life. That's my everyday life. So I'm curious, uh, when did that passion kind of shift? Because I know as a child, you like idolized Shirley Temple and, you know, you really were going for, you know, acting. So at what point did your love for horses kind of um, 
come into play? Well, I always did it. It wasn't like I ever stopped because my parents were horse trainers. So it's Ah. part of my life. And so it was always there. I I had it. It was available to me at all times. Um, But I think my father got sick. So I decided to come back and help him. And then I just did it full time. But I never stopped loving it because I, when I lived in LA, I rode at the equestrian center and the LA equestrian center. So it was always, it was always part of me. Never stopped. Awesome. Yes. So growing up in Kentucky, uh, I know it's a small town and, uh, your family then. So it sounds like weren't always as stoked about your career as a scream queen or a model. Cause I, I know you have the story about <laughs> Uh, when you were in Playboy, that your dad drove to all the surrounding towns to buy all the magazines so no one could see it. Yeah. Pre-internet. Yeah, so that was, I don't that think was the you realized you could hide they were it. everywhere. <laughs> yeah. That's adorable, it, though. It, it is cute. And then afterwards, you know, after after the fact, after I'd been in it for a while, and you know, I think people actually thought it was pretty cool. Then my mother was like, hey, have you seen my daughter's Playboy? I'm like, mother, I'm right here. I don't want them to see that while I'm standing here. <laughs> So, it, you know, it kind of went a, a full circle and I'm, you know, I'm very glad I did it. It's uh, something that not everybody can say that they had done in their life. So, yeah, pretty I, mean, cool. I mean, you're, you know, like when we just did that intro and you're like, whoa, that's a that's a heck of an intro. It's like, it's all true. Like you've had a you've lived a pretty full life. It's cool. Um, yeah. <laughs> so in regards to the sorority house massacre part two, um, uh-huh. I was wondering, so watching the film, you know, the movie has a lot of camp. Right. I mean, it's very fun, but it's campy. Um, And I'm always curious when I watch films in this genre for you on the inside, making the picture. um, Were you kind of viewing it as like we're making this really fun, you know, campy horror flick? Um, Or were you more like, hey, I'm like, we're doing this for real. This is going to be a really scary movie. I don't mean no. that's like a dig. I'm just genuinely no. curious. We knew we were making a campy horror flick. I mean, if you work with Jim Jim Wynorski, that's what you're making. Yeah. So, um, you, wait, you mean when you're working for just seven days, you? you <laughs> yeah. You, you know? <laughs> you know. You know. I mean, heck, we're running around in lingerie the whole time. We know we're making a campy horror flick. So, and plus, it was awesome though. It was really fun. Um, I can't. I can't say enough. Uh, good things about it. It was just some of those girls I'm still in contact with. And of course I'm still in contact with Jim Wynorski. So, you know, you kind of made lifelong friends doing it, but yes, we knew we were, <laughs> we knew what we were doing. Cool. I, I'm sorry. I was curious. Cause some people are like, Oh no, we thought it was going to be really like serious and scary. And then it turned out that way. And uh, you know, <laughs> no. but uh, yeah, no, I mean, I think it seems very tongue in cheek, especially if you know how, <laughs> how hard it is to kill Orville, catch him at the end. I know. I he know. just won't Hilarious. stay dead. One of the he things I always dead. one of the things I always thought was really interesting about that movie. So um, I bought I bought this probably I don't know sometime when I was like twelve or thirteen years old at <laughs> like at the uh, at the local video store, and um, I thought it was interesting that Peter Spellos is listed as Orville Ketchum playing himself. Yeah, which I I didn't understand. <laughs> yeah, I still don't understand that. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I that was know. his burning question. He really thought you were going to have insight as into why. <laughs> I have no clue. I think it was just one of those things that we could talk about it, you know, 25, 30 years later, <laughs> however long it's been. Right. So I have no idea. Um, well, you also had um, – you've also done some work, too, with um, Leslie Nielsen. And I know that everybody that talks about Leslie has nothing but amazing things to say um, mm-hmm. and about – what just a, a funny dude he was. Yeah. 
He he was. Um, that's the film I got my SAG card on because I, I played my character was Bimbo, so I played Bimbo, and um, re, he re, was re, <laughs> repossessed. <laughs> it's something, but he was so funny. He was so he made my made me feel very at ease on the set. Of course, I was you know young in Hollywood and very nervous, and um, he was just really cool. You know, of course, he did the whoopee cushion bit on me, and you know, it's it's <laughs> he's just hilarious. He was just a good guy. Yeah, that's one of the. Uh, I can't. I can't remember. I think. I think he was on Letterman one time, and he had the uh, like the fart machine in his pocket. Yeah. And he wouldn't stop mm-hmm. using it. That seems to be a common theme among uh, <laughs> Leslie stories. Yes, definitely. So this is also something that's just interesting about uh, Storyhouse Massacre Two to me, because um, I've I, you know I know that when it started, it wasn't intended to be a sequel to anything really, um, yet. The use of footage from Slumber Party Massacre Part 1 in the film kind of makes it this weird where it's almost a sequel to Sorority House Massacre, um, but it's also kind of a sequel to Slumber Party Massacre. Um, was that something in production any of you were aware of, or was that just kind of a in-post, in-editing uh, Jim and uh, Roger decided to do that? I think Jim and Roger decided to do that uh, afterwards because... You know, we shot for seven days, and then I think you realize, oh, I need some more footage. So, <laughs> so and they pulled from some old, um, from some you know films they had done. So that's kind of how that came about, from what I understand. It's it's really interesting though. The, like some stuff like that in the film gives it almost this fever dream quality that I think's charming. So. Yeah. <laughs> yes, definitely. Uh, definitely. So in your world now, we know I know you're in the new Puppet Master. Um, what you want? Tell us about what's going on in your world for, uh, you know, as a screen queen these days. Well, um, I was kind of surprised when I actually got the, the call to do that. Um, of course, I, you know, I, I, it's the full moon features. I never got to work with them when I was in L.A., so it was really cool to be able to do it uh, when I'm in Kentucky. Actually, we shot in Cleveland because they, they have a big mansion in Cleveland that they use as a set. And um, so I went up there to shoot it, but it was really kind of fun that they called me to do it. Like my audition was terrible. I'm like, I can't believe they even, you know, cast me in it because I was like not having a good day. And anyway, so I was like, really, you want me to come up there? And then then it was really cool. They knew who I was. And they're like, yes, you're, you know, you're Melissa Moore, you're whatever. I'm like, oh, okay. So uh, maybe my life from a long time ago kind of got me that role, I guess. So it was it was fun. Um, you know, I have a small part in it, but it was really cool. And the special effects makeup was really fun. And um, I don't know. It was kind of like the good old days, I guess. Nice. Um, we So I think I told you that we recently just spoke to Lisa Jane Todd from Bloodhook. Uh-huh. And uh, one thing that was really interesting about that is, um, well, I actually wasn't here, but Greg was. But uh, when they were talking with her, she was very... <laughs> She doesn't like. She's not a fan of the genre at all. Like, and she doesn't uh-huh. watch any of those films. Yeah. Um, so I guess the one question I was going to ask, like, are you a genre fan? And you know, is is that something like you keep up to date on? No, not at all. I'm not a genre fan at all. In fact, I, I don't normally watch. I mean, I'll watch the movie that I've been in, and then I'll be like, "This is like so dumb, whatever." Right. But I understand how people like it, and I, I get that. But it's not—it's not something I would just go and watch on my own. Right, so, And I don't even—and I don't like scary movies at all. I won't watch them. Period. So if it's a real scary movie, forget it. But the mm-hmm. low-budget horror-type films, I'm not a fan of. But it's kind of fun. It's fun to be a part of making it, 
um, I think it's more fun for me to be a part of making it than to actually watch it. Right. Interesting. I wonder if that's a common thread. Yeah. No, it's, it's intriguing to me. Um, yeah. So in your career, uh, what would you say is your favorite film or, or what do you have the fondest memories of uh, making then? If it's more about the experience for you than is the film itself. Hmm. Probably shooting with Sirio Santiago in the Philippines. Um, when we shot Angel Fist, um, he was a great director. And that was a, that was a Concord um, Productions also. Um, but that was pretty cool because I had to do karate and it was hard. And uh, Katia Sassoon was uh, was one of the leads in it as well. And she's no longer with us. But it was really it was cool. Just the Filipino people were awesome, and it was it was just so different. And it was physical. And we stay I stayed at. Uh, the Philippines for about a month, I think, and it was it was cool. And then we, I got to go back and shoot another film for him called uh, what was it called? Oh boy, um, that was Angel Fist. Hmm. I'll think of it in a minute. But it was another karate film. But I didn't do karate. Um, I was an attorney in that one, so it was it was fun that I made that connection. Um, I would say probably that one might be one of my my favorites that I did. Cool. Yeah, that movie's uh, super fun. I I think I, I I think I picked that one up um, at a garage sale several years ago. I always get really excited when the New Horizons logo comes on, and I'm like, "Yes, this is going to be awesome!" <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So the other film was called uh, One Man Army. That's what it was. So it was it was good too. That was fun. Um, well, I know you worked with uh, Michael Pare too. Uh, uh-huh. In Into yep. the Sun, I love that movie. Mm-hmm. Yep, that was fun. I I and I actually um, who was that? Trimark, I think that did that one. I, it yep. was really uh, that was kind of a fun film to do, you know, to play a different type of character. So that was that was good. You know, a flirty little uh, what is it? The flight simulator. I think that's what I was. I was in the flight simulator room. So that was fun. Yeah. And An- Anthony Michael Hall was in that as well. Yeah. Nice. Um, I was. I can't remember. Did you? I, I was trying to remember um, in this focus issue. I can't, did you say that you had worked with Linnea Quigley? I have well, I did a small part in Vice Academy too, I think, but I mm. she wasn't on set the day I worked, so oh, okay. I never personally worked with her. No, we uh, we were at a drive-in movie theater um, last year, and we got to meet her. Meet her. She's actually from Iowa as well, so she was super excited to meet fellow Iowans. <laughs> Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I didn't know she was from Iowa. Yeah. So, uh, I'm excited. So I know you did like nine movies in 1990 and one of those was Invisible Maniac, which I've never seen. Um, so I'm pretty excited. It's coming out on disc, uh, for the first time via vinegar syndrome. Um, they're going to release on black Friday. So I'm going to be picking that up soon. So, yeah, I heard about that. That is good. That'll be really fun to see. That was a fun, another fun movie. Um, and we shot that pretty quick, but that was actually the movie that I finally quit my um, my waitress job because I'm like I'm working so much now I don't have to be a waitress. So awesome. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty cool. So I'm I'm excited to see that for the first time. Um, there's some some of these films, you know, it's like they're just lost in time if you can't find the VHS tapes, and some are collectibles now where they're worn out, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to you know, it's it's fun we're in a day and age where we can rediscover these titles. Um, and, and all that stuff's having a new life, a new audience. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I had to, uh, 
like an, an alien within and vampire cop like didn't i only have those on uh on vhs although i do think that they released vampire cop on i think full moon released it on a on a dvd oh yeah yeah wow boy that was that was some time ago <laughs> <laughs> well actually donald farmer put me in my very first film which was uh scream dream that's, and, um, that's like the rock that, and roll horror movie, right? Like yeah. Like you're a possessed metal singer or something? Yeah. And I mean, I think I shot four or five days. I don't know. It was. I don't even know how we shot enough footage to make a movie. But um, <laughs> it, I really don't. So, yeah, that was kind of crazy. Um, that was shot in Cookville, Tennessee. And I was still living in Kentucky when that was shot. Before That was before I moved to L.A. Wow. Nice. I know. Have you, uh, have you like... Have you ever gone to any of the conventions or done any, done any of the conventions before? I did a lot of them when I lived in L.A. Right. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, I did a lot of those. I haven't been to any now in a, in a long time, but I used to do them all, and it was a lot of fun. Is that something you'd ever go back to doing, the horror cons, meeting the fans? Um, I don't know. You know, I don't know. I'd have to think about it. When you have so Maybe much once. going on now, too, you know, yeah. in your world. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I have any other questions. Do you, Hogan? I really don't. Cool, Melissa. Do you have anything you want to throw out or plug or talk about while you're here in the Fright Zone? In the Fright Zone? I don't. I guess you guys, have you watched the Dr. Death, the Puppet Master, the, the new one yet? Have you um, watched it yet? So I haven't. Mine's on pre-order. I should get it here next week. Same. I was trying to... Uh, I was trying to... Um, Ordered ahead of time. The only way I could find it was if you had the full moon uh, streaming membership. So, uh-huh. and we're physical media nerds, so we need the hard copies. Right, I like that. Um, yeah, well, it, it's kind of a fun movie. So I, I kind of went through it quickly, kind of skipped through it, but it, it's fun. Um, so yeah, I. Other than that, I, you know, I don't have anything I really want to plug, but I appreciate you guys uh, reaching out to me, and it's it's nice to talk to you. Oh, thank you. Um, do you. Anything for your, your passion in, in your uh, equestrian world? Anything you want to talk about in Horseland or plug? <laughs> for real? No, not okay. really. I mean, I get up every day really early and go outside when it's 19 degrees and feed horses. It was horrible this morning. Oh, <laughs> That's when man. you want to just be in a studio or something and not outside with the horses. But it's pretty it's pretty awesome. So it's all, it's all good. All right. Well, uh, uh, Melissa, I'd be remiss if I if I didn't ask, and feel free to say no. I will not be brokenhearted. Um, but I have an original sor- sorority house massacre two one sheet, and I was wondering if I could send it to you to sign. <laughs> oh, absolutely, absolutely. Okay. All right, I will shoot you uh, a message privately then. Okay, that sounds great. Cool. Awesome. Thank, Thank you, you so, so much, much again. All right. Have a great rest of the weekend. All right. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Oh wow, that was really fun. Yeah. Super. Oh jeez. Uh, cool. Well, I guess, uh, thanks for listening to the first episode of the third season of The Fright Zone. I was going to say, did he think this is the first one? <laughs> uh, what? He forgot where he was. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, like and subscribe as always. Uh, hit us up on Instagram at Fright Zone Podcast. Um, yeah, and hit that Patreon. There's some cool shirts and stuff we still have that we can send out. Yes. So. We do. Shirts, stickers, all sorts of things. Uh, stay spooky. <laughs> Is that your typewriter sound? Is that you jerking it? <laughs>